Sidekicks and henchmen out there in the Geek Nation, you're listening to the Cult Pop Podcast, uh, wherein we discuss the week's books, and then maybe later we'll get to a little bit of gutter talk. But first, I'm your host, Johnny Destructo. With me this week is... Uh, Noel. I am Noel. I am here this week. And? I am Ryan. I am here eventually this week. Uh, that's <laughs> a little late. <clears throat> you tardy son of a bitch. <laughs> That's what it always said on my report cards. Tardy <laughs> son of a bitch. I love that word, tardy. I don't know why. Like when you could, like most people will just be like, "Hey, you're late." Like, no, 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 you're tardy. You're tardy. Like it's just such a good word. Like it's got a good freaking at the end. The dy. Yeah. Don't be tardy. Tardy. Did you need to make a bm? Is that why you're tardy? Yes, sister. I was shitting. <laughs> I'm going to read a like a like a letter. This email is from Anthony D. It says, "Hey guys, follow-up questions to last night's discussion. How Oh, last week's discussion. I was like, we weren't talking last night. Follow-up questions to last week's discussion. How do customers and retailers respond to these problematic creators? Customers can choose to vote with their dollars to build up and promote more marginalized creators as a counter. Retailers can do the same." To quote from a piece I read, if we lift the voices of enough marginalized creators, their works become the signal, and their works of those who oppressed and abused them become nothing but noise. If nothing else, I feel like it's a solution that lifts up rather than tears down. But I wonder if we still recommend and seek out, for example, Warren Ellis's works. I have not read Planetary, but I want to. Do I hurt a retailer, like JD, by not buying those trades? What does that accomplish? Am I allowed to still love Transmet? And can we still recommend it to others? What about Flash Rebirth? JD, will you keep that in stock and maybe recommend it to someone even though it has EVS on the cover? Just some thoughts. I understand, though, if you don't want to start this discussion again. So uh, on the gutter talk segment of last week's show, we talked about sexism in comics and gatekeeping and all that sort of stuff. The usual hubbub that mostly lingers around the cesspool that is Twitter. Uh, I don't really see it anywhere else other than Twitter. So we, we were talking about that, and so that's what he's responding to. I don't carry Flash Rebo. Uh, also, if you have a cover, he is the entire book. It's... He's, he's the artist for the entire series. Uh, same for Green Lantern Rebirth. However, if people want him, I'll order him. If, if you come in and ask for Flash Rebirth, great, I'll get it for you. Uh, <clears throat> I, uh... Yeah, I was actually going to make that correct. I was going to mention that correction first. Like, it's not just he did cover artwork. Like, it's his co-book. Um, I've seen a lot of retailers do some pretty cool things. Um, some of them would will put a sign up saying, this is a problematic creator. However, if you do decide to purchase this, I will make a donation for X, Y, and Z. That's cool. Yeah, which I thought was a really, really cool thing. Um, because you can't... Like, as a retailer, it's your... First of all, it's your decision to do whatever you want and whatever you're comfortable with. Like, for JD, for you, it's, I don't carry it. If someone explicitly asks for it, I will order it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, so, like, there's there's a bunch of things that you could do without being um, 
or, or like the suggestions thing. I've seen that too. Like, you know, blah, 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 you may like this, but, you know, maybe try this because mm-hmm. it's along the same lines. And that's um, with the people who worked on the book that weren't the problematic creator. It Because that's a drawback to this too, that there's a lot of people. <laughs> So that's a cool solution. Yeah. I, and I, I, I'm, I'm very, I'm having personal problems with the Warren Ellis one because there are so many Warren Ellis things that I still enjoy or that I've always wanted to read. Hmm. Um, that's one of my so, top ten books. Yeah. So my, huh. what I've been doing is trades and secondary for some stuff because I also fear that it's going to go out of print. Because a lot of it's hard to find anyway, so I recently online traded for the the Moon Knight trade paperback that I always wanted to read, but I never did, and it's completely out of print. So, you know, I'm not directly giving money to that. I'm, you know, it's like going to a Goodwill. But if it ever came back, same with Next Wave. Mm. I have copies of that. I, I still love it Aww. dearly. I forgot I yeah. next wave. I love next wave. Uh, stuff like that. Like I, I, I'm having, and also too, his um, whole thing has been very enlightening and confusing. He's essentially a, if it's true, just a giant creeper, but not right. L- illegal, not unlawful, not. I don't know. Like it's permission, pernicious behavior, and and based in his power over, you know, his popularity. So it's like using your station to be an awful person. And it's where you personally draw that line. Like, I'm not comfortable with it, but I could see people being like, well, he's, he didn't do anything illegal. Yeah. So, I mean... those had, like, open relationship stuff about... How, now, I have not done... I've read, like, one or two articles about this situation. But he said stuff about, like... Look, I never told anybody that I was being exclusive with them. I was in an open relationship with somebody else. And then those people are like, well, but they didn't make it clear what the nature of the relationship was. And it it's so murky in that particular situation about, like you said, like nothing is, no illegal things have been accused at all. The and, only, yeah. Well, the only thing I, I like randomly read that could uh-huh. be illegal is that he was using hypnosis with some people oh i did not hear about that well okay so i don't know how i don't know if it's true or what but there's there was like 30 to 50 women who have all written things that are all kind of a lineup so this is a definitely a pattern of behavior and it's super awful and it's awful um but and i did hear like like knowing that warren ellis is a very weird dude Mm. And he's into very weird things. Like, I watched a documentary about him once, and it's just all about, like, you know, the metaphysical being of blah, 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 blah. I'm like, yeah, no, I kind of believe that. If he, if he did, like, hypnosis or tried yeah, hypnosis with, like, two or three girls, like, I think I kind of believe that. But, yeah. it, like, it's, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. It's, just, it's, too murky and, it's too murky and weird to just be like, no, it didn't happen. Like, yeah. Yeah. I don't know that you can even cause somebody to do anything hypnotically that, like, fun stuff that they're cool with doing or therapeutic stuff that they're cool with doing, but I, I don't know enough about hypnosis to make this, to make this, but which is the point. (laughs) Exactly. That's the point. Like, I don't know enough and I don't want to, and it makes me uncomfortable. So Hmm. for the time being, I directly do not contribute to his Hmm. bottom line, uh, because there's so much on my shelf of his that I... And now I'm afraid to 
sell it because it's probably never going to be in print again, or at least for a long time, like um, like the Wildstorm that he just did with DC. Yeah, you're going to like that. Those books are awesome, and there was supposed to be a sequel. It's never going to happen. Yeah. No. Uh, Batman. Yeah. He was doing another Batman book, and that got canceled with... Um, yeah, Declan Shelby. Thank you. Yeah. So, I think there are also, like, two relevant issues, at least. Like, one, with all these things, um, there can be... There are degrees... <laughs> yes, please. Uh, there are degrees, right? Like... When somebody asks, like, uh, the guy who wrote the letter, person who wrote the letter, I don't know what, I don't remember the name, um, they say, what should we do about creators that, that do this thing, right? And I think part of the reason that sometimes we have a difficult time finding a response is, like, well, they don't all do the same thing. They are, you know, like, some people do horrific things that have been made rightfully illegal, you know, like, things that are just, like, terrible, terrible things. And then other people do things that are bad, but don't necessarily have the same. Shouldn't necessarily have the same response. So this is the this is the um, Harvey Weinstein, Louis C.K. thing. Or even Harvey Harvey Weinstein, yeah, jailed should be killed. Louis C.K. It's disgusting. It's creepy. You're a jerk. Exactly. Not not in prison about it. Like it's yeah. And so that's the like. Is there a difference of response that can happen, right? And I think it's at least a question that that is worth looking at. Um, and the other thing, like you approached with the only buying, um, only buying secondhand, is uh, what about all of the creators of comics and books and everything else throughout history that, if you look at what they have done, you're like <laughs> these people, right? And uh, you brought it up a little while ago. I forget if it was in a personal chat or um, or here. We were like, well, if, if they're not getting money for it anymore, then mm-hmm. go ahead, right? Um, and I, you know, I don't even know that that's the answer, but it's a pretty good answer. So uh, it, it's also too like that. That is contingent on how you feel about it. So like somebody like EBS, I don't even feel. Uh, it's he's it, his his activities have tainted how I even enjoyed it previously. Like you think about so, it, read it. Yeah. So yeah. like when yeah. I look, like I, I'll think about it when I read it. Like this guy's a jerk, and I I really dislike him, and it's hard for me to just enjoy yeah. the artwork, even though yeah. I wasn't a giant fan of the artwork anyway, because it, it oh everything looks yeah. grotesque, even when it's beautiful, it just looks sinewy and grotesque. Uh huh. Um, but yeah, no, like that's, that's an instance where even if I know that I'm not giving him my dollar anymore, it still is kind of a barrier with, with Warren Ellis. I've, I've recently read a couple of things of his that I'd never read before. And this was, and I started them before all this stuff happened and then finished them. And it was like, I loved that. And I, I want to say online or with my friends, like, I just read this amazing Warren Ellis book and it was fantastic. But it's probably not the right moment to promote. <laughs> Maybe not right so, now. Yeah. I, you know, let's not yeah. talk about it. It's fine. I enjoyed it for me, and yeah. I'll yeah. end it there. Yeah, stuff like that. I I wondered also with him. So a lot of this uh, kind of thing, when it's when it's not like horrific illegal stuff, um, a lot of this is uh, power imbalance kind of things, right? Yeah, and that is. I, I wonder if some of these people don't know that they are in uh, 
power over these other people or to what degree they know. And, and I put this out there as, I don't know Warren Ellis, and I have no idea what his background was, but he writes comics and might have been a kind of fringy outcast guy as a kid who never had much success with women. And I wonder if he never revised that self-image to, oh, sure. have success with women. Like, I am in a position of power. And this is yeah. to examine the situation, not to, like, excuse me. I think, so the thing about it is, like, I would have accepted that kind of, um, not rationale, but that kind of, like, um, thought process. Yeah, yeah. For, but, um, but maybe he didn't know it. That he was for, year, for yeah. years one through five. He uh, has been popular... He has been the uh, the highest end of this small industry for decades. Not not the popularity, but it's yes, just yes, he has. He's, he's most popular. He is definitely yeah. popular for that long. I'm saying like knowing that is one thing. Revising your self image, especially about how you view yourself sexually and romantically, can be tricky and not happen. Like. Um, and, you know, you, you think of yourself in one way as a kid. It's like that elephant with a rope tied around its leg. You go, oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I it, don't know that. What, what is the elephant oh, with the rope tied? Oh, okay, cool. So, I don't know if this is true or not, but it's like a, like a fable, if it's not true. Uh, so, if you tie in a, a you have a, a baby elephant that you're training, right? And if you tie a rope around its leg, it can't escape. I got and, you. Yeah, and then... Um, and it grows up knowing that the rope keeps it chained up there. Yeah. And uh, and then when it when it grows up, it could leave, but it doesn't know it, and it keeps itself chained up there now. You know, through that belief. And so I don't know if that's. I think sexuality is such a hot but like part of the reason that that these mistakes happen when they are mistakes not um, is that um, we don't we don't talk about we're not open about sexuality. You know what I mean? Uh, I, yes. Yeah. Uh, I, you know what. Even if that if even if that is the case, yeah. this instance with Warren Ellis has brought to light a bigger issue of of rampant sexism and and power struggles within the industry yeah. of comic books and publishing. So yeah. so even at the, even if he's just a lightning rod, yeah. it still is a larger issue that he contributed into for multiple decades. Yeah. I mean, even if he is that, and yeah. if that is the reason, and somebody heard that, they might be like, wait a second. I'm in a position of power. I have power over women sexually. So it's like, that's one good reason to figure out what's going on in the heads, is that maybe somebody that hasn't done something wrong yet will say like, ooh, exactly. yeah. I can do that. Yeah. You know, yeah. yeah. But I never thought of it that way, you know, like, or, or whatever it is, you know. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, so, um, what was it with the buying the trades, what does it accomplish, Flash Rebirth, will I keep that in stock? Oh, I guess you know, answered all that. You know, Rebirth is, is being reprinted in uh, Absolute. Cool. Oh, really? But the thing about it is, it's $100, hmm. and it's just six issues. Ooh. And probably a lot of back matter that I would... Well, I, I don't know. It's still, it's it's just, it's yeah, usually yeah. an Absolute or a large, or, or large format of that size is multiple tie-ins and or lead-ins or things yeah. like they they ramp it up but yeah. Yeah. Six, six, six. So i think to answer the question a little bit uh, a little bit more i think on my end i don't uh within the shop if there's something that i absolutely love and i can be behind the creator i will push that book 
Mm. Push the hell out of that book. Um, and I probably won't push books that I think come from problematic creators. Mm. That's all. It's not, you know, I don't, I don't tell anybody I'm not going to sell it to them. I don't mm. refuse to carry it. Mm. Uh, if somebody wants it, I'll order it. I will order it quietly because I don't want to ruin, like, if they they want to enjoy the thing, I'm not, gonna, I'm not here to make the decision for them. Right. Um, so if they want it, I'll order it for them. Um, it's not like I'm, you know, boycotting EVS's books, but I'm never going to order those for my shit. If someone wants them, if that's their decision to make, that's fine. Um, I particularly don't, I, I don't specifically push Rebirth um, and, and stuff like that. It's, it's, he's not for me. What about levels of contribution? Like, you had made a distinction between he does the whole Flash Rebirth, but only the cover. Did he only do covers for Green Lantern Rebirth? He did the whole thing. He did the whole thing. Okay. And then also, uh, like I said a minute ago, um, like, the other people argument, and I'm not sure that that should matter, but, like, just the, in this, or especially movies, like, the everybody else that worked on it. Yeah. Thousand other people who worked on the well, film. Yeah, that's movies with comic books. It's like four other people. True. True. And the lion's share of, of profits go to like the top two. Right, an artist. So I probably know them a lot more directly. Like, it's not necessarily your responsibility to find out if everybody you know has ever done anything that you should object to. But you're way more likely to know about it than if you're like the key grip on the director. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um. Uh, Christopher St. Saucy Goodnight says, With the diversity talk last week, they completely changed the race of one of the members of the Umbrella Academy members, and as such, had to completely change the ending to the second miniseries, which I haven't read. I have not either. Well, uh, I, I didn't see the change. I get I that they wanted to add diversity, but if you want a diverse cast, then adapt a diverse book. Dynamo 5 would make an awesome series, and the cast would be 50-50 in diversity and the male-to-female ratio. If you want to add diversity, then adapt a diverse book. Nah. No. Yeah, no. There's too many stories that maybe they were like, yeah, Dynamo 5 has the diversity thing that we love, but uh, it doesn't hit any of the other story points that just, we're looking for out of yeah, this. Just like, yeah, just like how you shouldn't insert or if the case is if the if the argument is like you shouldn't insert diversity into where it doesn't belong why would you insert something that's intentionally diversive into or, or diverse into something that you want to see elsewhere like it's still stupid like if so i guess Hamilton, the, the the logic is faulty is a yeah. completely different thing right yeah like the logic is faulty it's just like mm-hmm. if anything it doesn't matter uh, and if they change, so I haven't finished the second season of Umbrella Academy, but I think I know what he's referring to. Well, they 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 made Allison uh, African American, so her whole subplot is not in that in that second series of Dallas where she's uh, a um, she's married to a, a civil rights um, icon. So yeah. Change it. Who cares? So this is like a bigger thing with me when it comes to adaptations and, and reboots and see, fucking do anything. Just make it good. I yeah. do not care if it's completely different. Just, just make sure it's good. I don't, I don't, I don't care at all. I don't. I don't watch adaptations of films. Uh, or I'm sorry, of comic books in, in in the movies or in TV shows to get the exact same experience that I got from the book. Because I read. Yeah. Uh, and I don't need it to be the exact same thing. I already got that experience from reading it. Yeah, give me touch points, and that's yeah. good. So, like, you know, have Cap pick up the hammer, but I don't need mm. every single beat. 
yeah. that led up to that that was exactly in the book and after. Yeah. yeah. I'll tell you, when I was younger, I definitely felt the exact opposite of that. Like, when I was younger, it was a, it was a combination of, like, I love this comic thing, and for some reason, Hollywood seems philosophically opposed to adapting it correctly. You know what I mean? Um, but as I've gotten older and, you know, just maturity, but also we have so many more comic things than we used to. You know, it used to be like Christopher Reeve Superman, Michael Keaton Batman, that Fantastic Four movie that wasn't released. You know, there wasn't, there was hardly anything. We have so much now. And in the outside world, you know, we're trying to, we're trying to change society for the better. And this is one way that we've identified as being able to do it. But, um, but even, even when it's not about that, even when they change some story point that's not, not motivated by that at all, it's still like, all right, you know, this is cool. And now I'm more on the side of you guys where it's like, yeah, let's just, let's make yeah. something, you know, yeah. Re- remake everything. I, that's one of my favorite, yeah. my favorite online outrage to kind of like laugh at is when people freak out over a casting decision or it wasn't exactly like in the book or their color on their suit was different like that is my favorite because (laughs) the the vitriol that comes from it is like oh my god they went to your house they stole all your stuff they set it on fire and you can never read it or enjoy it again because this remake's coming like relax Drives me nuts. Relax. He says it does matter, though. You can have a series with a diverse cast and one without. Sure. So. Segregation? (laughs) Two different series. Yeah. Two series. Same story. Some (laughs) diverse, some not. Just saying. It's possible. Hire the people. Hear me out. I'm not going to be the one who best for the role. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. And if if the, the. the best actress who came in to play Rumor was the black woman who, who plays Rumor. Mm. Great. Yeah, and, well, and, I'm, I'm not, I'm uh, not calling Chris. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> uh, he was, uh, to defend him, I think he was upset that they had to lose a storyline yeah. because of the change. Right? He's that was a storyline, right? He's I don't know. I, I haven't finished the series. And uh, say, Chelsea, don't spoil the series for me, yeah. please. Yeah. Put your comment back. And also, like, to be clear, I'm not calling you a racist. I just, that logic is one that those that are will use where it's just like, well, why can't they have their things and I can have mine? Like, that's segregation. That's not, that's... No, I think that, I took that as wordplay, Noel, on your part. I don't think anybody thought you were... You I just want to make sure. Yeah, okay. I wasn't. <laughs> hey, you guys want to talk about some comics that came out this week? Because we're gonna... Hmm, let's spoil them for people. Uh, all right, we're going to start with Alien, the original screen one by Cristiano Sexus and Guilherme Balbi. Uh, I would what? say. What? I would probably Sexus, just because my last name uh, rules. <laughs> my last name rules. <laughs> rules. <laughs> Therefore, I don't like my last name, but I got my last name. Um, <laughs> One last name to rule them all. <laughs> uh, so what is this? Was actually based on the original screenplay for Alien, the the the, the horror Z and Leonardo. You know the one. Uh, but it was uh, the original screenplay by Dan O'Bannon. Yeah, I think so. Time is this to say: in route to in route to back to Earth, the crew of the starship Snark 
intercepts an alien transmission. Their investigation leads them to desolate planetoid, a crushed alien spacecraft, and a pyramidic structure of unknown origin. Then the terror begins. Adapted from the original 1976 screenplay by Dean O'Bannon, author, author of Mobius's The Long Tomorrow, co-writer of Total Recall, writer-director of The Return of the Living Dead. I didn't realize all that. That's great. Um, and um, they had done this previously, which I think to great success with the Alien 3 original screenplay, which is um, very widely known to have been super messed with. Uh, the final result of Alien 3 is not what we were supposed to get. And now they're doing it here with the original Alien, one of my all-time favorite horror movies. And I wasn't sure how I was going to feel about this because does it, really, it doesn't really matter, right? It's, it's the original screenplay. It wasn't made. Original screenplays are dropped all the time. And uh, it doesn't really... Sometimes you go back, like the original Star Wars screenplay, and you go, oh. Which they all do, right? Thank God. Thank God they didn't do that. So, um, but I really enjoyed this. I thought that by the... Especially the art. The art helped a lot. The artist on this book is fantastic. I want to see a lot more from this person, whose name is... Guillermo... Guillermo? Balbi. Guillermo, I believe. But Guillermo... Yeah, I was... I, yeah. yeah, it seems like there's a couple of consonants, consonants in there that don't need to be pronounced. Yeah. Let's Balbi. Balbi's great. I love Balbi. We need more Balbi. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, and this this was actually a lot of fun. Once I settled in, it was like, oh, this is just a cute little what if, mm. and I thought it was it was great. And we got the original designs that are um, based on the descriptions in the screenplay, so everything looks a little bit different. What did you guys think? Uh, I have so okay. I have, oh, also you mentioned Star Wars, the original screenplay. You remember they did that in comic form? Also, I read one issue and gave up. That was where I, I was like, what an interesting artifact. I won't be reading the rest of this. <laughs> I see what you did here. That's how I feel about the Bible. I see what you've done here. Yeah. Nah. <laughs> he changes for the movie, guys. Um, so, alright. I have never seen Alien. I have no idea, right? It was uh, in the time that I probably would have seen it. It was a horror movie to me. And so I didn't watch it, right? Um, you guys, I mean, I've seen other movies. We can talk about those. <laughs> um, but everybody's got some, right? Everybody's got some, like, how have you not seen that movie? Um, I mean, not everyone's got Alien. True. Hey, there he is. Is hey. that the guy from... Yeah, it's Steve Alien. Yeah. Uh, You've never seen the movie, so you don't know. Yeah. <laughs> And Steve Alien, he's the main character of the first film. Right. It's uh, it's like you you thought it was horror, but it's more of like a suspenseful rom com between him and Sigourney Weaver. Sure. But it's sure. also like a detective mystery where he's just gotten too old for this shit. I understand that. He looks older. He looks yeah. like he's getting up there. Got ten the Zeno, the first the first uh, metamorphosis of the Xenomorph is that it's a mustache, one of those like old sure. old cop mustaches where he's just too old for this shit. And it yeah. has some stuff stuck in it. Always. Some Super seventies, eighties movie. Cool. Love it. cool. Um, this wasn't like that at all. They changed a lot. They did. <laughs> yeah, this was like a hardcore sci-fi story that I enjoyed. Um, yeah, I was, and I, I kind of was excited having not seen it. I was like, what an interesting way to be exposed to Alien. I mean, I know stuff about it, you know, sure, yeah. culture, but um, 
uh, I thought it was a cool story. I was interested. I was like, yo, don't go down to that rock, man. It's But you got to go down to that rock. It's uh, alien contact. Um, there were a few points where I was like, this is not, this is not looking good. You should get out of there, guys. Send a, to call the research team. That was a smart move. And I am pretty sure it's a warning beacon not to go down to that rock. But I don't know. You know, like that the message, if translated, would be like, don't come down to this rock. There's xenomorphs here. Or whatever they call them in this one. Um, the designs were cool. The That big alien at the end was, it was very intriguing. It's uh, it's a really intriguing story. Like I said, I never saw it because I thought of it as a horror film. But, uh, it is. I mean, yeah. Yeah. And I probably now, if I watched it, I would, you know, I would be like, oh, good sci-fi movie. But scary, kind of, you know, rather than um, thinking of I never saw The X-Files either for that reason when I was a kid. Um, anyway, yeah, it was good. I enjoyed it. Uh, it was fun. I'm no idea how big a change it was. So I'm curious to see what you guys think. Uh, I thought the art was great. Hmm. I thought the story was um, just techno babble garbage, and I didn't connect with anything in this hmm. other than my nostalgia. And I think that this should have been an OGM. Because mm. this is barely an opening. I don't know any of these characters. I have, I hardly know names because they're not the same characters as the movie, clearly. Like, there's no yeah. there's no Ripley that you could immediately kind of, okay, I know this. Mm. Like, to, to kind of glom onto, this is all completely different. Mm. So, as a starter, this needed more. Like, story-wise, the artist's awesome. Mm. Like, he's got a, um, he, I assume he has a, just a very, very clean, but still loose style. It's, it's, is it kind of Dan Mora-ish? I, I was, I was about to say Dan Mora, yeah. Yeah, it's, and it, it like, the coloring, too, just completely complements it. The way that they, uh, the way that the colorist approaches, like, the background and the foreground in kind of a separate way, so the the ship and the tech look almost muddy, whereas the people are stark and clean. The book is beautiful. Yeah. The story did shit for me. Nothing. <laughs> yeah, this I, is this is the pre uh, credit yeah. sequence. Oh, yeah. This is a cold open and yeah. it gives me nothing other than IP branding. So as a first issue, I didn't like it. But as an exercise, I think this is awesome and I I hope that it, it should have maybe been in a different format. I agree. Uh, you know, um, well, I don't agree. I, I connected with it, but I think that may actually have more to do with nostalgia than the actual story because there are little bits, and I'm reading them, and I'm thinking about you guys reading it while I'm reading it, and I go, are they skipping Are they skipping some of these word bubbles too because it's like, uh, it's just techno babble that makes doesn't doesn't matter. Like, well, uh, give me an example because I wouldn't get it at all. What's activate thing? lifter quads. Activated. Vertical drop checked. Correcting course. On tangential course now. Orbiting. Crossing the Terminator. Entering night side. Like I don't. I don't need any of that. <laughs> like uh, you guys landing. You're landing. Cool. All right. <laughs> yeah. So that kind of stuff. I just. I. I read the first. And I'm like. I skim it. I'm like. All right. You guys are landing. I get it. I'm great. I, I read it. I feel compelled, but I'm not like this or any book. But I'm not like always into it. I'm like, can we go through this whole thing just in case there's something that I want to have read? Yeah. Um, although, there was some interesting stuff, like the readings show that those aren't water vapor clouds. They have no moisture content. Um, and the yeah, stuff with the dust, sand, yeah. the sand was, or the dust, the dusty sand was pretty cool, too. Um, 
so yeah, there was a lot of stuff in here that I really liked, but I think, again, that's because my brain was the entire time comparing it to the original. Um, and the art is just so goddamn good. Part yeah. of the, the allure, I think, of the original Alien are all of the designs and the sets and the xenomorph by... Um, What's his name? H.R. Giger. H.R. Giger. And apparently Mobius was is mentioned in the front of this. I didn't realize he had anything to do with it. And a third guy whose name I didn't recognize. Um, but I the thing I agree with would know about is this should have been an OGM. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, they would make just as much money just like plopping this into a hardcover. People would freak hmm. out about it. So the uh, you mentioned the Alien 3, William Gibson. I think hmm? it's Gibson. Um, yeah. Version. Yeah. The, it was four issues that came out like two years ago. Um, that was different because it was the characters we already know. Yeah. So, like, right. the first issue was Technobabble and Cool Art, mm. but you know Ripley, you like, you know Hicks, you know Newt, and they're all a part of the story and what's happening next, so you just roll with it. Mm. This is just blind, and there's literally no character that I know I'm following. Mm. Like, they, I don't even know their names. There's, like, a Roby. Like, I'm not, I'm not sure which one's supposed to be the Ripley... It, it, even if none of them are, we don't follow anyone. Like, you got the cotton with the cool haircut, mm. and that's it. <laughs> and then face, like, ma like just faceless dudes in masks, uh, uh, crew members in masks that go and Like, it's it's very cold open. Mm. So th uh, that design is cool as hell. Yeah. It's very, yeah. very cold opening, and it doesn't really give me anything to latch on to. Right? Like, maybe... A year from now, I will read this as a whole, but yeah. I, I, I'm not, I'm not into it for now. I'm actually, I never went back and finished the Alien Three original screenplay graphic yeah. novel, so I might, I might track that down too. I have all the issues, but I never, I never read the last two. Yeah, this is. I'm not. I was about to say this is for people who love the Alien film and yeah. want to see what could have been, but then Brian, yeah, you gonna, <laughs> but are you interested in reading the rest of it? So here's the thing. I was, um, I I was when I was going through it. I was like, oh, nuts! This isn't going to be a complete story. It's way too short. Would I go out of my way to pick up the rest of it? Eh, maybe, maybe not. But if, but if I had it in OG, like I definitely want to know what happens with this and like what direction this goes. And I am intrigued by the setup. Um, I don't disagree with you guys, but it's a lot of sci-fi setup. But um, I want to know what's going on with that alien sitting in that. Why is he alone? Was that the case with? Is is that similar at all to yeah. the movie where there's like yeah the the pilot yeah okay the major yeah. beats are all part of the original film. The what? The, the major the, beats. The major beats of this story, okay. as you've read them so far, are okay. there in the movie. But what about the microscopic sand thing? That's a nope. cool. Okay. Yeah. yeah. No, uh, I think they, they, damaged, they damaged the ship, but I don't remember there being microscopic sand. Maybe not as um, good a uh, filmable, you know, yeah. like, not at like, oh my god, there's tiny holes in this sphere that we, or this rod that we need, yeah. you know. Um, yeah, I don't know. But yeah, I, I definitely would. I also love the art, and it's it's very much fits this style. Yep. So yeah, if we if we kept going, I would I would be into it. I also went into it kind of being like, how's this going to be? You know, um, and I, I don't know if it's the same for you guys. I rarely go down in levels of realism. So if I like, I love Star Trek, but I've rarely read Star Trek books or comics. But if there's a movie made out of a comic, then I'm all about it. You know what I mean? I'll go up, but not back down. 
So you're, uh, you're going down, and I'm not. Oh, that's an original graphic novel, Max. It's something that is produced intentionally, not as not serialized in issues. Just here's the whole story in graphic novel, you know, format. Yeah, like um, if you look at any of the DC Earth One stuff, mm. Earth One, Batman, Wonder Woman, Teen Titans, those are released as OGNs, original graphic novel. And it's like it's not that substantively different from a trade paperback, which is like you know just slang for collected edition. But those were produced serialized, and this is not. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's move on to Batman number ninety six by James Timmy and the Fourth and Jorge Jimenez on art, reeling from the effects of the worst Joker toxin attack ever. Batman is on the run through Gotham City, pursued by the dark shadows and voices that haunt his past and present. As the Joker's plan materializes, the only person who can save Batman from the brink of true madness is Harley Quinn. What? Question mark! Exclamation point! Uh, Not Harley Quinn. I'm, I'm really enjoying Joker War. I think this is a lot of fun. What did you guys think? It's fine. It's God fine. damn it, Noel. <laughs> Brian, what did you think? Uh, I had fun in this issue. Last issue, I was kind of like, oh, what's going on here? Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm flipping through to remember. <laughs> um, what's he? What's he on there? The Joker in his own car. Uh, um, uh, yeah, I had fun. The intro is intriguing. Um, I need more of that. I like that future. Me too. Uh, I mean, I love that kind of thing, and, and I thought that was well done. But the whole time, I'm like, this is not that kind of story. This is not an alternate future we're seeing. This is a, a This is, is uh, going to be awful. <laughs> Um, that costume, it, that costume seems like a weird fit in this story, right? Uh, just like they've created this costume that I think symbolizes him as like a happier, lighter Batman. Uh, yeah, and, and there's a still there's still a mystery as to who made the costume. So, yeah. uh, uh, th- I mean, <laughs> in the story, there's still no, a mystery not. as to no, who created the, uh, the. So the suit itself is like a MacGuffin. Yeah. And yeah, it's it, it's it's interesting. I, I liked. Um, I don't know why I shouldn't, but I kind of liked this clown hunter character. You only get one page of him. Oh yeah, uh, he's like a Joker, Jason Todd. I think he's a good guy, or uh, good guy. Somebody who was on with Joker and then turned from that, or guy. just or just like destroyed by the Joker. Oh uh, okay, yeah. Because oh, he, he he kills one of the other clowns. Yeah, with a called clown killer. Is that the name of the character? They don't tell you in here, but from looking at, I think so. Releases from previous, mm. but it's just such a weird kind of proto punk pop kind yeah. of look. It's, it's just kind of like cool. yeah. well, not really. The animated series episode. I like that Harley Quinn is included. I know that uh, mm. he is being shoehorned in everywhere, but I. You know, like let's get her into the high mythology. You know what I mean? As a, as an empowered woman who turned against this awful guy and is now her own person. You know, that's yeah, also, a real story. Also, yeah. Also, too, her 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 like replacement is a major part of the story. This punchline lady. Mm-hmm. So having her just makes sense. This doesn't feel shoehorned. This was this was fine. This is a it's a it's a second middle issue. It, it, like, um, I really really love the art as always and. Yeah. I like the creepy idea of 
having the Joker having his men uh, exhume every single corpse he's yeah. created over the last whatever, whatever. There's there's a lot of really cool things in here. I, but yeah, I'm, I'm really digging it, and the art is just top notch. Look at the oh, look at it. That's a great. Yeah, with the coloring and everything, the inking is on point, the action is there, everything is moving and twisting, and there's um, motion to everything that's happening, nothing is static. I just, I'm really enjoying this, I think this is a lot of fun, and um, this is a personal thing, but uh, I used to read um, Batman when Norm Brayfogle was drawing it, and this really, Clown Hunter, that's the name, thank you Samuel David, his name is Clown Hunter, not Clown Killer. Um, and Alf uh, Robert Pady says, Alfred looks like the Crypt Keeper's testicle. Which, uh, which testicle? testicle. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, um, just your favorite. Whatever your favorite is. Norm Ray Batman face. Look at that, with the, the eye that... Oh, where, they ch where the eyes get bigger. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I love it. Yeah. So, I'm all, all about this issue. I think this is a lot of fun. And I like the... As opposed to when Tom King was writing it, and we had seven issues of him having a nightmare that I didn't care about, mm. him having nightmares in this issue, I thought, felt, like, creepy and cool. Part of the story. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but the, the thing about it, like, so, so, like, to go back to Tom King's run, I, no, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna defend no, no. it. I'm laughing at, I'm laughing at Rob Beatty's, uh answer, the middle test. Of course. Um... Tom King literally told the same story. He just did it in a different structure where you moved away for two issues. Mm. Uh, the taking over of... Yeah, I'm talking about, like, the, the Bane one. Oh, so, the, the last two issues, that, like, the City of Bane stuff. So, it would be, like, uh, took over all of Gotham for two issues, and then two issue, or an issue in between of Batman recouping and training because he was laid out. So, like... The pacing was different, but this is essentially the same story we got less than a year ago, where all of Gotham was taken over by a villain, and all of its structures were taken down, and and like less than a year ago. So but also, like, before that, Riddler did it, right? In the zero year, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Zero year, Riddler did it, and then and then uh, in Cataclysm with the earthquake, like Gotham has been taken over by villains <laughs> constantly. Mm -hmm. So that's that's kind of where I'm just like, yeah, cool. It's 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 beautiful, but it's beautiful treading of water, right? So far, so let's just like do something, do something different. Like they're they're building up to this 100th issue. Blow my mind. I'm waiting. Like I, I really want to. Yeah. I I think also they are really setting up a foundations of Batman and their and consequently the Joker kind of story, which I didn't buy in the last issue. I was like. Eh, is this any more the defining Batman than any other Batman story, you know? Uh, so Joker's taking over the Wayne money, and he's got a new costume, and, he, and he's talking to Alfred also, even if it's not Alfred, with his classic Joker's digging up the old thing. But uh, in this issue, for some reason, I think the switch flipped, and I was like, all right, this does seem more like a commentary on who Batman is as Batman, and he will come out a stronger Batman kind of. And I buy it more in this. Yeah. I think that I'm, you know what, almost more so than the resolution of this issue or this arc, I'm more interested in what comes out of it. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Like, have you ever like been into like? Sometimes you're in the middle of an event and it's just like, I'm enjoying this, but I'm yeah. almost more excited by the status quo change. So let's just get oh, well, that part for sure. Uh, Flashpoint, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. In fact, like, with Flashpoint, it was like, why do I care about any of Flashpoint now? Because yeah. you told me you're going to do something completely different. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, and I think that's cool. Like, one of the things I liked about this was like, oh, and he's, and he's back in his Batman costume. It's cool. He looks like Batman to me now. You know, mostly with the... It's not new for this. Um, it's just done well. And, yeah, totally. I'm like, oh, I hope they set the pieces on the board in a way that I like it. Yeah, like, I, I want to get... I'm, I'm anxious to get to the next part because yeah. they've been billing, you know, issue 100. Yeah, yeah. Like, let's just... Let's do it. Let's get it on it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah just skip the next four issues and just put out yeah. issue 100. What's the... Sum, yeah. Summarize them for me because... <laughs> that's cool. I've heard it before. <laughs> Uh, well, let's stay on the Batman tip with Dark Knight, Death mm. Battle, Legends of the Dark Knights, number one, written by Scott Snyder, Garth Ennis, Peter J. Tomasi, Joshua Williamson, Marguerite Bennett, James Tinian IV, Daniel Warren Johnson, with art by Jamal Igle, Riley Rosmo, Tony S. Daniel, Joel Jones, Francesco, Frank Avera, etc. The DC Universe has become engulfed by the Dark Multiverse where demons dwell, and reality is overrun by monstrous versions of the Dark Knight, all ruled by the Batman who laughs. In this collection of short tales, learn the terrifying secrets of these new bats out of hell and other creatures of the night like Robin King, whose origin is just the worst. Plus, read about the secret buried beneath Castle Bat, the sentient Batmobile, and how did Batman turn into a dinosaur? That, that wasn't answered either. That <laughs> uh, no, wasn't it. Right. It, was, it was answered in... Um, in Metal, yeah, yeah, death metal. Put his consciousness in it or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> like the the animatronic dinosaur that was in his bat cave. Uh, yeah. Like he put he uploaded his consciousness into it as the bat cave was coming down. Yeah, as you do. Uh, yeah, yeah, he puts his mind into a lot of things in this comic. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Which, is, which is, uh I mean, good on him. Good job. Yeah. Uh, I think this was a lot more fun than I had given it. Um, yeah. I had expected, I suppose. Yeah. Um, I really like the Robin King one. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the Manhattan, the Batman Hatton was whatever. But I really liked the one. <laughs> and the implications at the end is that Batman has turned himself into Danny the Street, but a full Gotham version of him, which I thought was a cool idea. Cool. Yeah. And, um, uh, <laughs> you know what? The Garth Ennis one was funny, too. Was that the baby one? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I miscalculated. I brought myself back as an infant. <laughs> that was funny. Yeah, I like this a lot more than Legends of the Dark Knights with the Batman Who Laughs on the cover it led me to believe that I would like this book. Yes. Um, and uh, maybe the first thing that I've read that I've been like, oh, sweet. I did like the Batman Hatton one a lot. And I guess it definitely is that rather than Dr. Bad Hatton, but... Uh, ah, they both work. <laughs> um, you know what it had me wondering is, ultimately, will there be a twist where he is Batman, right? Like, they spend that whole first Flash page saying, like, I was Batman, I did all the Batman things, I grew up as Batman. Will he... Will there be a twist where he's like, oh, I, Bruce Wayne, am strong enough to fight back against all the bad that I have become, and I'm gonna give up? I don't know, but this would be like... The end of death. I feel like I feel like they've explored that in the fifteen other Batman Who Laughs uh, series and issues, where even like they made a very big point, even back in Metal, that yeah. he is the exact same person, except when he killed the Joker, he was right, right, right. If these are the like they had a, and then they had a whole series 
of him killing all the other Bruce Waynes in the multiverse. Like, it's... it What? Oh, I just have a... I have some a question. Um, I didn't mean to cut you off. I was just saying, I'll go next. Uh, oh. But... When... One? That was when cool. What's his name? What, what was Manhattan's name? Not Ostrander. John Ostrander. When John Ostrander... What? Osterman. 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 Yeah. Thank you. When John Osterman... Uh, went into the, the device and he disintegrated and he reforms himself and he becomes Dr. Manhattan. He is blessed with sort of this omniscience which changes his personality. He is no longer the same character because he has gained all of this in, uh, uh, perspective, I suppose, right? Who knows everything that will happen. That kind of thing. Yeah, so to go back to what you're saying, Brian, doesn't it make sense that this version of Batman who is now a um, omniscient character, wouldn't that sort of expunge all of the Joker stuff out of him? Like, I was wondering that too. Like, is his brain so changed? Because they did put his brain in there, but it, like, is is his is his whatever he wait, is so changed by that that he? I'm is, confused. Yeah. What's Are that? we talking about the Batman Hatton body with Batman who left's brain? Yeah. Or are we talking about, okay. Yeah. Because I thought you meant, like, this Bruce Wayne that becomes mm. that version of Manhattan. How did he you're let right. it happen? You're right. It's You're right. He doesn't have the, he's got the same brain. You're right. It's not like he was transformed. His brain was taken yeah. out of the Batman who laughs and put into this other body that has this yeah. power. I would that's, still think that's 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 husk. Yeah. Uh, but I would still think that that has, because I found myself wondering that, too. Like... Is he because he completely reforms his body? Like whatever he is now is not physically, I think, any part of what he was, brain or otherwise. But is he um, is he so changed that that's just who he is now, or would that that is awesome, Rob? Yeah, yeah. Um, or would that kind of like is it like a reset? And he, you know, um, I don't have um, any experience with that in my in my own life, so I don't know. I, I didn't read, like, the Batman Who Laughs incapacitates this Bruce Wayne with the power literally a second after he reforms himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then now he's just a, a husk of a, like, brainless body that's just all over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I never, like, this Bruce Wayne's faculties are nothing. And yeah, right. there was no, there's like no consciousness to build to figure out exactly what this new power is and how he could prevent it. Like literally, it was like at infancy he was snuffed out. Wait, so but no, we mean the the Batman who laughs once he is like transformed by this. Would that it? Would that? Why would he be transformed by it? He transforms it by inserting his brain into it. Oh, just because because it has nothing. I, I always had the sense of Dr. Manhattan, I guess this isn't the case, because he physically reformed, uh, like, reforms his body, but, like, when he goes from, like, blue guy who looks like Batman who laughs into the darkest night kind of thing, I don't know how physical he is anymore at all. Like, he's not, he doesn't have a brain at all. So, yeah, like, I agree with you, like, when he, when he puts his brain in there, he's still Batman who laughs, but he's gone through this kind of change that could change his perspective on things? Like, is he... No, in All-Star Superman, right? Uh, Doesn't, uh, I believe, Lex Luthor steals the 
the power that Superman has, yeah. and through seeing things through that new perspective that Superman has, Lex Luthor realizes a lot of things and the error of his ways, and that perspective changes him in, at, at the core, right? The same way when uh, Doc Ock put his bo- his brain into Spider-Man Peter Parker's body, and he was in, uh, hit with all of Peter Parker's memories and experiences, yeah. he went, oh, I see what Spider-Man's all about now, because now I have that morality basis of be- having been raised by Aunt May and Uncle Ben. So right. now I, too, am going to become uh, a Spider-Man. But yeah. the Batman who laughs has all those memories, knows all those things, and still is himself. It's like... It's like trying to wash out water with water. It's like, I, I don't think that it's a different perspective that he didn't already have or know. He's just this other thing now. Mm. So like the power of Bruce Wayne being able to overcome internally, yeah. I, it's that's already in him. That's already a part of him. Oh, sure, for sure. Let me tell you, yeah. if, it was, if this was happening to the Earth Zero Bruce Wayne, he would do it. He would get it done. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, but who knows with this guy. <laughs> It's just Bruce Wayne is is uh, as a kid is just evil. He's just like yeah, Robin King. Yeah, the Robin King. Maybe I was like, what could they possibly do that I would give two shits about the Robin King? And I was like, oh, that was what they could have possibly done. Was, <laughs> uh, oh, apparently, yeah. apparently everyone everyone online is freaking out about this issue because it's the origin of the Robin King, uh, like. They're giving, they're putting so much effort behind the Robin King as though he is the next Batman who laughs. So enjoy that you're enjoying it now. Yeah, for sure. Because in a because year, will be like, oh God, enough with the Robin King. Yeah. yeah. He'll be an adult, he'll be laughing and Batman. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> um, he'll grow up. Uh, Do you guys have a favorite story in this? No. Yeah. A uh, uh, favorite? Um... I didn't have a favorite. There's a bunch of really cool ones. I liked the Daniel Warren Johnson one. Oh, so yeah, Jan- yeah, yeah. The Batman, o- Matt, like the Bad Road Beast, Road Warrior. It was the car, the Batman car. Oh, uh, I'm Batman. Yeah. I'm a monster truck. Yeah. yeah. It was two yeah. pages. It was stupid and it was beautiful. Was that only two pages? That's crazy. Yeah. Like, it was so dense and so like, uh, so good at drawing me in. That I, my memory, I thought I would have said it was like four or five pages. That's interesting. This is this 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 was just awesome altogether. And I, I like uh, the the what was it? Billy the Street? Is that like this is a character? Danny the Street. Danny the Street. Yeah. I read. I've never even heard of that. I uh, like. I, I know now. We talked about it offline, but I read that issue or that story and was just like, "That's badass." Just yeah. in general, yeah. as it was, not know. So like. I don't even know if there was a weak one here. Maybe the, maybe the Dino one was a little weak-ish, yeah. but it wasn't even it, like I liked all of this. This was all really fun, yeah. and the ones that the ones that could have overstayed their welcome very much didn't because they yeah. were only like two to three pages. Yeah. This was cool. This was really yeah. cool. I liked it. Yeah. Uh, Brian, I'm sorry. What's your answer? Did you have a favorite? Hey, everyone. I I kind of felt the same way. I had a few emerging. What like I really liked the first one. Uh, the <laughs> I, I liked it too. What's that? I liked it too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that was really cool. The Robin King and the uh, one that Noel mentioned about the uh, that ends with the Bat Batmobile. Mm-hmm. I guess we could call him. <laughs> um, but yeah, those are the three that stood out for me. 
<laughs> yeah, and also too, I, I liked the Tony Daniels art. Was that Tony Daniels? The whole first story is Tony Daniel. Yeah. Oh. I like Tony Daniels. I know he. Uh, that is not I, a popular opinion. I am not but, a giant fan of his, yeah. but I, I really liked it here. I don't know. Cool. I can't tell you why. Maybe I was just enjoying the story a lot more. Mm-hmm. This was a definitely a better version of the Tony S. Daniel art. I, I thought the same thing. I was like, oh, this is better than I usually expect from Tony S. Daniel. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's move on to Deceased Dead Planet number two by Tom Taylor and da- uh, not David Harrison, Trevor Harrison. Uh, the sequel to the best-selling miniseries continues. The Justice League is trapped on Earth, and they've discovered that life still survives on this dead planet. Survival is precarious, though, and with billions of infected still roaming the surface, death lies around every corner. But it isn't just the anti-living our heroes have to worry about, because John Constantine, Swamp Thing, and Zatanna are about to discover another evil growing. Fun. I'm really digging this deceased series. Roy Harper deserved to die, and I'll tell you why. Anybody that has a backwards ball cap as their uniform... (laughs) <laughs> just, you're done. You're done. <laughs> but no, he's also got wraparound shades. Oh, that does. He, he probably has the, the metal testicles that hang from your truck. Yeah. He probably vapes, too. Doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you vape. <laughs> I do, but that was more of a, like, hey, I should quit smoking and let's go down. I wasn't like, yo. No, I'm talking about, I'm talking about like, a Fruity Pebble guy. Uh, yeah, or like he he smoked, he vapes fruity pebbles in the street, which and and is more concerned with the largeness of the of the plume. Oh, I don't have my way. If I'm around people, I'm like, no, the the smallness of my plume. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, the smallness of my plume. Yeah, and I never do it in front of kids. I'll know? be honest. When I walk past someone who's vaping, yeah, and it's uh, like and it's fruity pebbles, I'm like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this was this was friggin' awesome. I had posted my uh, excitement about this issue in the in our group chat, and Len was like, "Meh, I don't give a fuck." What uh, moment, JD? I was curious. You you what? seem to at a particular moment in the story be like, "Oh, oh can I guess? Can I guess?" I, have I a guess too, and I think it's the same one. <laughs> yes, yeah. Shadow Pact. Shadow Pact shows up, and then Plastic Man. That was what yeah. I did. Well, it was the whole, that whole sequence. Yeah. Like, that whole sequence. I was like, that was Plastic Man? Oh, shit. That, and yeah. Is, yeah. Is, that, yeah. is that the island... Um, it was the River of Blood. Is yeah. that the island from Unkillables? With the bad guys I, there? Or I don't, They're not there anymore, right? And most of them were killed. Uh, yeah. Or just like <laughs> the name. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that island was in the middle of the ocean and Wonder Woman, uh, just, You're right. yeah, You're right. but You're these right. could be some of those people. Yeah. Uh, some of those, they, it seems as though it's like a villain stronghold. Yeah. Yeah. And this is such a cool book. I'm super happy with this book. Also, I hope that Swamp Thing and John aren't dead or going to die. I, I hope not. But, yeah. but Blue Devil and Zatanna Ooh, man. got it real bad. That sucks. Yeah. Real bad. Brutal. Yeah. And this was unexpected. Like, I did not see them dying at all, like, one page earlier, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And just, just the way that it goes down is just, every, every panel is like, oh, no. Oh, ah. Yeah. No. 
Oh, it was great. This is great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot of this book is the shock factor. Tom Taylor relies very heavily on shock factor um, to, to, to push the story forward. Yeah. But, hey, it works. Uh, yeah. So many times where I'm like, oh, shit. Uh, I was going to say it's, it's, it's shock value, but it's not, it's not like just to be edgy. Mm-hmm. Everything that he does, he like he will back it up with with reasons why. Like he'll kill main mm-hmm. characters, but it's just to like you know bolster up this other side character that you didn't know was so badass. Like he never leaves he never leaves a crack unfilled, mm-hmm. which is really really cool. Uh, also, he has like solid comic support. What's that? Highball. I'm just zooming in on the John Constantine panel, oh. and I saw. It's just this. Whose eye is that? Uh, I'm assuming it's Pebbles. There's a lot of. Oh yeah, he he did get it out the uh, uh, out of every orifice. Oh yeah, uh, and and the the shock factor also comes with solid comic lore like support, right? Like the shock of like, oh, that thing that you thought was a river of blood is Plastic Man. That checks out. That could be Plastic Man. Yeah, yeah. Like that kind of thing. And uh, so uh, those kind of twists are are. Uh, Especially shocking. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm digging this. This is just as good, if not a little better, than the previous deceased. Uh, this has just been great all along. Yeah. I uh, Tom Taylor, thumbs up. You know, like the the conversation that would have happened if Len was here is this is a gimmick. Yeah. And he's and he's right. Yeah. But it's good. Yeah. It's a good gimmick. You you Ooh. throw zombies into a book and it's just like eh, it's zombie popularity, but it's legitimately good. Like, it's written well, and it's fun, exciting. Here's the thing. Zombie popularity was a gimmick ten years ago. We've had, we mm. have since have gotten tired of zombies. Mm. Now this is just a zombie story in the DC Universe, right? I mean, I think I think it's cyclical. They're coming back. Like, now yeah. the Marvel zombies are coming back, and then uh, uh, there's a new Walking Dead show coming. Like, it's, it's not really gone away. It's just kind of not been as zeitgeisty. Yeah. The poll quote for the book would would be Tom Taylor fills the cracks and makes it come out of every orifice. I challenge Optimus Douche to make any reference that's not sexually charged. Mm. Any at all. Nope. So, Christopher Goodnight, you have asked me twice now, and you are now uh, asking if I've answered the question that you've asked me twice, which is, do I have any Daredevil back issues of the current run? I'm in the middle of a stream, uh, and I can't go leave to check my stock right now. So uh, if you want to hit me up later, I will be more than happy to check uh, my stock. Um, uh, I, I will let you know what I'm able to track down for you. Absolutely. Don't you remember the? Don't you remember this, the the email from last week? Was it or the week before? He doesn't have patience with retailers all the time. So <laughs> there it is, Empire Number Four. Look at that. Uh, by Al Ewing and Dan Slott, with uh, art by Valerio Schutte. Tensions mount as the action heats up. As the attack on Wakanda intensifies, the heroes find themselves under attack from their enemies and their allies. In a war where nobody can be fully trusted, betrayal cuts deep. As the alien invasion claims its first casualty. In this issue, the shock ending you never expected. You'll want to frame it for your wall, true believer. Did you ever frame this wall? I mean, I mean the splash page of a uh, the marriage. Sure. I mean, not my wall, but I get how people. A wall. 
celebrate it. You can uh, just take it out of the frame right now to look at for this podcast. You didn't uh, take it out of the frame that you already had it in. <laughs> uh, you know why this wasn't a shock ending? Because it was all over the internet before I read the book. I mean, what was the ending? What was the shock ending? Hey, they at least waited until Thursday. Teddy and uh, what's his nuts? Or they had previously gotten married. Oh uh, right. Did we not know about that before? No. Was, okay. Cool. Cool. The, I mean, at least at least Marvel waited till Thursday to announce a press release, hmm. as opposed to the Monday before. <laughs> yeah. Trying. Um, and you know, a lot of the a lot of the news sites have posted the picture. Yeah. So as you're scrolling, even if you don't click on the thing. Yeah. Oh, I guess I guess they're married. Cool. Thanks, guys. Especially news sites that, well, maybe not especially, but news sites that aren't uh, comic news sites, I've found have been egregious with, if it's something that makes, like, the main, you know, like, non-comic news, people will. <laughs> He's helping customers that come in. He, he goes and helps people so they're not, like, standing there at the door with yeah. blind eyes. That's all. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, I'm, but, you know, he... Definitely, Lee loves to loves to help people out, and I'm sure he'll help you out as soon as he can. But uh, you know, there's uh, a difference in urgency when somebody walks into the store. Uh, while oh, we're, uh, he doesn't want to do that. It's how he's got to do it to run a shop, you know. Uh, uh, the rest uh, of the book was. Uh, I've lost my train of thought. Um, oh, the Hulk, She-Hulk bit. Oh, that was awesome. Well, that was super know. gross. Awesome. That did seem a little too easy, right? That She-Hulk was like. I'm with you guys, even though I got this hammer and it totally changed my personality. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that was a good ambush. Ah. Uh, yeah, that was fun. Um, Just a nasty body horror. Oh, yeah, it's super gross. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, I don't care about Koi. What? No. Oh, the, yeah, yeah. You'd care even less if you read Celestial Messiah. Because <laughs> that was garbage. I tried to read it. I got three pages in, and I went, "Nah." I read it. It was it was uh, Mantis. So it ha- it takes place before issue three of Empire, where you know Mantis shows up at the very end, like "I'm here, guys." Yeah. Um, that's her line. I think it's like "I'm here, guys." Uh, <laughs> What's up, y'all? <laughs> hey. <laughs> I, I believe that's. <laughs> and she dabs real hard on the. Uh, on the Avengers platform, <laughs> um, like they feel it in the in the uh, in the hole. Uh, no, she, uh, it takes place before that. She is on her way to there, and she, um, Koi is doing some sort of like thing with his father, where he has to drink a potion and see some visions. It's like a real like vision quest kind of uh, thing for Katati. He's doing it, and she projects herself into his vision, and they have like a heart to heart. Where he is constantly whining, beats her up a couple times. She keeps trying to talk to him. He beats her up again. And then the only thing that was really, really cool about it was they brought up something that happened in the Guardians of the Galaxy run. Like, they, they rectified this character being the same as that older character kind of thing. But in, have you guys ever read Dan Abnett and Landing Guardians run? Yeah. Oh, I loved it. So I, I don't care about spoiling it to... JD, it's just going to sure. happen. Yeah. Do you remember the whole subplot where uh, <laughs> Peter Peter convinces... Do you remember the whole subplot where Peter convinces her to manipulate every other member to want to help? Nope. So, like, they, uh, have, the, 
Yeah, yeah, it was revealed they, that's what had been done. Yeah, so like they all had their initial mission where they were, and they were all going to part ways. Before they parted ways, he convinced Mantis to yeah. plant some, you know, psychic seeds in everybody when you're called to come and help. Like to almost just like against their will to be members of the Guardians of the Galaxy. Right. So that was brought up again and shown about her traitorous ways and why should I trust you and blah, 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 which was really cool and I completely forgot about it. But other than that, the, the issue was utter garbage. Hmm. Yeah. 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 It's always been one of those. Right, so kind of one of those, like, um, kind of on a different plane, we don't know what's going on with you and you might have, you might be doing things that yeah, you know, like, I'll kind of do. Am I? Am I here because I want to be here, or am I here because you wanted me to be here kind of thing? Right, right. Hmm. Which is a decent conflict. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this book, however, is, I, I'm enjoying. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. You know, what do you guys think about the uh, Fantastic Four Iron Man armor? I don't know why he's, I don't know why it's coming into existence, but we'll see. Yeah, they, they make this case that he's, he's building this armor to kind of um, cope and yeah. prepare because that's how he prepares, but there's no reason why it should have a four yeah. on it. And I'm not exactly yeah. sure what he's doing, or why it should be a suit of armor that his technology. He's like, I do armors. You're like, you do, you can do a lot of stuff. But if Reed Richards is going to be in that armor, which I just thought of now, you've got like the two two of the smartest men in in Marvel like merged in a way. Uh-huh. That could be cool. Uh, maybe that's what they're building, too. It'd, that'd be different. That'd be down. Yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. curious, at least. Yeah. And I like this, this dealing fun. with um, Tony and his insecurities about what's happening and what yeah. you know, the regret for his uh, immediate uh, alliance with the Katadi and everything, uh, which we all thought was very strange in the first issue. He was being like, manipulated to do that. Yeah. Yeah, like because he was having dreams and he was just like on board right away. Like, yeah, we get it yeah. now, but at, at the time, right. Oh, right, like, right. is this yeah. is this poorly written or is it? <laughs> and so right. now we're like, oh, okay, that wasn't just yeah an accident. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, this is a lot of fun. I'm really enjoying this. Um, let's move on to. Oh, uh, no. Did you have any questions for JD about anything? No, I'm here for you guys. No, no. Oh, okay. Let's uh, move on to Pfizer number seven by N.K. Jemison and Jamal Campbell. On today's agenda, a giant mech fight, transforming her consciousness into digital information, and a high-speed pursuit through an alien computer network, all with six minutes of power left. But it's all in a day's work for Green Lantern Joel Mulin, Mulin, Mulian. As she comes closer to unraveling the greatest conspiracy the Green Lantern Corps has ever seen, Far Sector continues on a new bi-monthly schedule. Jay, is it Mul- Wait, isn't isn't it Mullen? Mullane, I think. So- Sojourner Mullen. Whatever. Uh, so I don't always re- I don't read the solicits. I wouldn't have read that. I wouldn't have like I w- if I would have read that I wouldn't have been as uh, wonderfully surprised as the rest of this issue as this Ooh. issue was. Like, I just, I, like, it starts with a great big fight, you learn a new thing that the AT-AT can do, and then she pursues within, like, she essentially goes into the internet to pursue them, yeah. which is, was all, like, a, a shock and surprise, and it was awesome. Yeah. I like the, uh, I've asked Siri how to pronounce that. Mullen. There you go. Mullen. Thank you. Um, Melly G wants to know, how many more months before the first volume of 
fire fire sector will come out. I don't think they're going to do a six issue trade and then another six issue trade. I think they're probably going to wait. It's, this isn't Doomsday Clock, right? Right, right. Yeah. With the other two, um, so the other two maxi series that just came out, they're collecting as twelve. That's the Jimmy Olsen and the Lo uh, Lois Lane. They didn't do six issue. Mm. Miracle too, yeah. It has twelve issues, yeah. So they're probably going to wait until all twelve yeah. are out, Melly. It's so much better that way, in my opinion. We were just talking about this the other JJ, uh, day, JD, that like Doomsday Clock and All Star Superman. I'm like, why isn't there just one, like one volume? This is a whole story. Um, unfortunately, it means we got to wait. But yeah, I don't know. This slipcase is sick, though. That is pretty cool. Pretty nice. I yeah. got one myself. Yeah, it is good. Ooh, I should get that. Mm. <laughs> I didn't read Far Sector, so continue. Oh. I uh, so I really liked the I really liked the story. I'm getting more and more engaged with um, Joe and what she's up to. I was into it from the beginning, but it was a little more of a like I like the grandeur of this sci-fi kind of thing, and I like Joe as a character, but I I haven't had much of her yet. And now as we get to know her, I like her more. I've also been curious about what is going on with this Green Lantern ring, and we got a little bit more about that. That it's like. Not as good as the other ones in some ways, but if you learn to use it, it will be way better than the other ones in other ways. You know, yeah, because it it doesn't it doesn't function. It doesn't let uh, issue eighteen apparently. We have that. Oh, and more. Ooh. Oh, and twenty-one. I was kind of hoping you guys were just keep talking, and I could just silently show nope. for saying nope. good night. The two issues I have, but yeah, everyone. Why would you think that that would happen? Gonna happen. We're going to just continue right back. Look, um, this book is fun. <laughs> I don't like. I'm I'm upset that it's bi-monthly now. I didn't know that. Um, is it? Which means it's going to take even longer to come out. Which is fun. Yeah. Which means Naomi's going to take even longer to come out. Yeah. But um, yeah. I was like, this ring. It's not just able to you know uh, avoid words, avoid fear. It, it functions yeah. with fear. Yeah, I wasn't super... I was like, eh, whatever. But you know, I like the ring thing. What you can do with the ring. Yeah. Uh, it, here, I'll, I'll read it verbatim because it's very... It, it's a very, like, talk-around explanation. Like, live with fear. I, I think I know the social commentary that she's going for. Sorry, no. Uh, go. No, no, no. I, um, I, I think I know the social commentary that she's going for, and, like, great. Like, that's awesome. But the well, explain it to me then. Here, um, okay. Yeah. The will, to, the will to overcome fear is powerful, but singular, an acute manifestation. What I have chosen to study is the more nuanced willpower required to live with fear, to push toward a goal over years against a whole society with no hope of reward. This is what will. This is this will fuels your ring. It spikes lower in terms of absolute power, but once you learn to harness it fully, worlds will fall before your rise. So, I, what does that mean? I believe that... So, like, Green Lantern mythology-wise, I'm a little like, eh, you know, I don't know, whatever. But I believe that the commentary that is being made is... I mean, Sojourner uh, Mullen is, uh, I believe, steeped in the racial inequalities um, of her background and a lot of this story is either on the face or subtext wise um, relates to that right um, and it, at least some of it were like also dealing with the police aspect because 
she was a police officer and there was and there was that. I believe what they are saying is that she is of a people who don't they they constantly live in fear and get along with it, you know, like and, and get over on it and have the ability to um, keep going anyway. And so this is, a, I think that that is the commentary that is being made. Um, I, like I said, how the Green Lantern rings work, I was a little like, eh, that's not that different from the other ones. You know, they also overcome great fear, but, you know, whatever. That's not really that big. We're just, you know? we're, like, we, we buy in on the idea, we're just confused about the rules. Is that pretty yeah. much what we're getting at? I think because I am also. Yeah. 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 I think it's kind of like, oh, hey, uh, that rule doesn't matter that much. Just accept that this is how her ring works. Look, it changed. Don't worry about the other stuff. Move on. Let's deal with the metaphor. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it allows her to do things that other Greenlanders can't. So in this one alone, we see her able to essentially ride the lightning and become metaphysical. Right. Yeah. She was able to go into the... She goes into the yeah. internet. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, so there's, there's, it's, if it's, if it's some sort of, um, abilities that can be unlocked when you know fear or when you, when you actively use yeah. willpower or agency against or in the face of constant fear, sure. Just spell it out a little bit. I, maybe it needs to be more heavy handed so I can apply a very simple rule to it for yeah. just the physicality of the ring. Uh, my only issue with it was like, well, the other ones already do that by other Green Lantern stuff that has been talked about, but that doesn't matter to this story. You know what I mean? Like, I can just easily discard that. Well, well wait, they, they already do it, but it's just, it's overcoming fear. Right. It, like, but right. in an acute sense, not in a constant That's That's persecution a of, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so if you're, you're already, like, friends with fear. That's a good point. But, yeah. Yeah. I'm being afraid of heights and being afraid of falling. And being like constantly living in a state that your existence puts you in jeopardy. Yeah. You know? Oh, I was, I'm curious if people are going to respond to this because I imagine there's going to be quite a, quite a great deal, many people who are upset because this is basically saying this is a commentary on white privilege, isn't it? Sure. Well, that doesn't exist. Yeah. Well, I mean, so people will complain about it if they're told that's what it says, and if they're even fucking reading it. Hmm. Uh, Anybody? I bet you those people aren't even reading this book. They read two issues of it, and they're just like, "It's not my Green Lantern." Yeah. 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 Hashtag not my (laughs) deal. I I like the idea, though. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. And she also, like, she doesn't need to recharge the ring, but it also, she can't recharge the ring. Like, there's a, you know, she gets and doesn't get. Yeah. She she doesn't have to reach, she can't recharge the ring, but she doesn't have to, but, like, wasn't she down to, like, 4% or something? It It recharges over time, so she's very economical with it. Well, just by walking around, you start to build up again. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, which has which we, and disadvantages. We know? made fun of we made fun of a couple of weeks ago too, with or a couple episodes ago yeah. when we talked about this. Like, yeah. why would you why would you construct right. sunglasses if right. you if you're constantly depleting a battery? Stop it. <laughs> but it, I think it's a little bit more nuanced than that. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, I mean, technically, even the Green Lanterns, like even in the Kyle Rayner era where it's not 24 hours unlimited, they still do stuff. <laughs> you're like, well, if you really were having a Green Lantern ring, yeah. 
Okay, says it's true will and perseverance versus reactionary will to save your ass. Yeah. Thank you. Mwah. This is why we miss you on the show, Rob. Mm. Also, sexual innuendo. They weren't really there for you. But. It's made by Tesla. What, the middle testicle of the Crypt Keeper? Yeah, that's definitely, yeah, that's definitely what we're talking about. <laughs> uh, let's move on. The giant size X-Men. Wait, Joey, I must insist. I have an announcement to make. Oh. There is a website called Patreon.com, and <laughs> the audience, or you, Zadie and Noel, if you really wanted to, could subscribe and donate a certain amount of money. I refuse to- yeah. Oh, I know. <laughs> Beat my head against the wall with you getting to, to Patreon.com. But uh, but the viewing audience, they might be into it. And um, and maybe JD. Now, I don't know what you would call the specifics of how to donate to us because um, I hear it a lot, but I, I constantly need to ask what those are. Uh, so, Patreon.com slash Johnny Destructo. Sweet. Right. Sweet. Oh, it's on the screen. While we're doing plugs, some of you are watching this on YouTube, some of you aren't, be sure to subscribe and like, uh, follow us on social media, know when we go live, post as, vid- as many videos as possible. We're trying to make a better habit of it, of enjoying conversation with you, so please like, subscribe, follow, blah, blah, blah. All right, X Men Phantom X number one by John Hickman and Rod Race Rice Reese. Reese. Hickman, Hickman and Reese take on the world. The hit creative team turn their attention to the covert activities of the Weapon Plus program's Weapon. Let's see, 10, 11, 12, Weapon thirteen. A brick killer who chooses the life of a gentleman super thief. Phantom X has always defied expectations. For example, who would expect him to break into the world, the artificial realm of his creation, and then again? And then, again, who wouldn't expect him to do that? <laughs> um, I, I, I liked this, but I liked it because I like the characters and the these giant size issues have been boring. Regular sized. Oh, uh, I mean, yeah, I, they're they're like ten extra pages, but yeah, yeah. I wouldn't call that giant. It's just like mm-hmm. extra sized. Um, but regardless, they've been they've been pretty boring. I have not liked that. Like I liked, I liked, I like when they do they take chances kind of thing or, or do like fun stuff with the format, like the Dowderman one. Sorry, you were gonna yeah. say something? No, well, the first one. Yeah, yeah I'm agreeing. Yeah, the first one was great. Right. Uh, the Jean Grey, the Jean Grey, Emma Frost one, going yeah. to Storm's mind. Mm-hmm. Um, which this one picks back up a little bit towards the end, which is cool. Uh, but but the idea of um, uh, the idea that F- Phantom X throughout ever throughout being born mm-hmm. every every couple every decade or a couple of decades goes to try and break back into the world to visit his twin brother uh, yeah. to visit his, uh, yeah. to, to ask him if he's ready to leave yet like hey yeah. are you ready to escape no okay I'll see you in uh, ten years like yeah. I. I yeah, kind of thing. Like the two figures over time meeting occasionally to have sometimes the same conversation. Um, yeah. I like that story structure, you know. It was cool. Uh, and um, it, it added it added a lot of heft to Phantom X's um, timeline, uh, how long he's been around. Uh, and it did, it, it did 
touch on his introduction in Grant Morrison's New X-Men. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the times that he goes to break in, he solicits the help of, you know, Leather Jacket, Scott, and Wolverine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. directly from New X-Men, which was is really, really fun. Like where they're at the bar and... Yeah. Now I'm almost positive. I haven't read it in a long time, but I'm almost positive. Because Phantom X felt like he came out of nowhere. Yeah. And and all of a sudden, it's the, the, the world and EVA and all the crazy yeah, yeah. shit. Yeah. Um, well, speaking of the world, I really like the art that they do with the world as it gets more evolved and different. Advanced. Yeah, and it gets all uh, surreal, basically. You know, um, twisting around and that kind of thing. Uh, oh, I'm taking a minute out to say... One minute to say hello to the best meet, um, whom I have not seen here comment before. So hello, thank you. Um, I also haven't even seen that icon. It's like a little purple. It's not a Facebook or a YouTube. Oh, Twitch. We're on Twitch now. Oh, cool, cool. You must have discussed that when I wasn't here and I was uh, running late this morning. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, some of us are on time. Some of you are. And you get the information. <laughs> um, when you're late, you're stupid. <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> uh, this was a fun issue. I really like Rod Reese's uh, art, too. Um, the work that he did with Hickman on those new Mutants books that no one liked but me, this felt like that. Also in tone, because Phantom X is a very glib, funny character. Mm-hmm. Not like, if Deadpool is a 10, he's like a 4. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, um, which... Book were you talking about the the New Mutants, the House of X came out, they came out of House of X. Yeah, yeah, oh, the the, yeah. the Hick the Hickman issues, the the well, I, issues. No, I'm with you on that. I like well, that. It was, it was just you and me then. Everyone else yeah. Uh, complained. Yeah, no, I I enjoyed this. <laughs> the best this is kind of what that was like. Hello. Oh yes, hello. We uh we got into it. I missed it. Wait, you got into it with the best me? Oh yeah, we were fighting. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's giving us the silent treatment. Or she. Or she. <laughs> yeah, giving us the yeah. silent treatment. We don't, yeah. Are we, are we done with Phantom X bit? Yeah. Unless you, have, I, unless you have something to say about it. I, I hope this is the end of the giant size issues. Uh, I don't I know the form is, was. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Is that the last one? I have no idea. Yeah, I think I so. I have been enjoying them. They're certainly not. I like the last one better. You you guys didn't, didn't care for it, but um, I, they're like, not that consequential, but um, but I you know I've been enjoying them. Two have the first one and this one, mm. and these are the two that I've enjoyed the most. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah. I always thought it was interesting. Someone mentioned I don't remember what issue it was in, but I think someone mentioned that Phantom X isn't French; he fakes it. Oh, really? Yeah, so almost, I, I think so. Yeah. yeah, he's a reference to a French movie, I believe. Fantomas. Fantomas, yeah, which I am only familiar with because Phantom X is a reference to a French movie. Yeah. That, you know, like, I have no other doings with that movie. Um, let's move on to Strange Adventures number four by Tom King, Mitch Jarrett, and Evan Doc Shaner. Welcome to Planet Ran, Mr. Terrific. Earth's champion of fair play has traveled halfway across the galaxy to investigate firsthand the crimes Adam Strange stands accused of. He's not going to find many friendly witnesses, though, as the people of Rand consider Adam Strange their true champion. Yet for all the resistance Mr. Terrific faces on the surface of Rand, his true opposition may be lurking closer to his subject than he realizes. 
This adventure between two worlds continues, with Mitch Jarrett's drawing the gritty earth sequences and Evan Doc Shaner showing us the splendor of Adam Strange's battles in outer space. This book is so good. I love it so much. What did you think, guys? Tell me now. Oh, this book. <laughs> this book. Oh, he doesn't like it. You know how I feel about this book. It's not that the storytelling is bad. The art is phenomenal. I think at this point also, partially, it's just... Oh, this is what Tom King does, and I am not into that. Yeah. But I could be in the right circumstances, but everybody is bad and slimy and... No, they're not. You don't think so? No. I don't know. They're just not all forthright. I think yeah, that's a very okay thing. Like, I honestly don't think that it's going to be revealed that um, Adam Strange is a fucking horrible person or that that no, I think uh, Alana a, is I, that's not going to happen. I think he did a bad thing during war and that is the story. Like he's a good man that's do did a bad thing during war. But the whole like parallels between like they care about public opinion and are influencing it and she's like I think you're done here Mr. Terrific, you know, and that kind of stuff. It's like I said, like it's not a bad and they like he's he's mad at Hal, his good friend, which I always, Yeah. I always wondered, why didn't Adam Strange just get one of his spacefaring friends to fly him to Ram? And enough with the Zeta Beam already, Strange. It's, uh, it's, in, these, it's in the book, and now, all of it is valuable. I meant, like, in the past. You know, like, why, why don't you get one of your friends, you know? But, um, yeah, it's, I don't know, like, the, the grittiness and things are not as they seem, just, we're in a, we're in a vicious cycle now with... This book and Tom King's writing for me, that I'm just like, eh, it's all just more, and everybody is not forthright, and they, I mean, Rand is clearly, clearly censoring the picked stuff, and, but Sardath, I can see being a little double dealing. What you know, governments it, do? What's it? It is what governments do. Here, it doesn't have to be what they do every, and that's maybe part of why I'm like. Tom King, you think the world has to be this way, does it? And maybe that's not true. Maybe he's just exploring the themes that come into his mind from his own life. That is probably what has happened. But, um, you know, I mean, Sardath is bald, so he might be shady, right? So he's, um, and he's, a, he's an old sciencey guy. But, um, you know, I don't know. It's fine. Like you said, it's a black label. It's not going to affect, hopefully the Adam Strange in main continuity. It, you know... Especially since there's barely an Adam Strange in main continuity. True. Although he's been uncharacteristically around in the Superman books. Um, he's, been, he's been in like four issues, yeah. Exactly. Uh, of 20-something. <laughs> exactly. Uncharacteristically. Two of those were like one-liners. Oh, right. He calls Earth like, hey guys. Yeah, yeah, I think this is. I think this is Samuel David's commenting. Everyone does bad things during war. It's war. Exactly. Exactly. And I don't necessarily want to read a story about my sci-fi hero having gone through war with the the twist of like, hey, you thought he was he, everything was good, but it wasn't. You know, it's. Uh, I I would be very interested. So I loved this book, but I would be very interested in you uh, reading Omega Men. As Tom King did. I started Omega Man and I really liked it. Um, I didn't because, it, but and and same with Mister Miracle. I started and really liked it. 
Um, Omega Man is that kind of thing. And, and Rob, you're right that it might just be that I'm like, uh, Tom King is bringing that, that perspective and it feels, and it feels like it's like, this is how the world has to be. Everyone is shady. And I, that may or may not be true, but I, I don't, I, so I think the difference, so I'm, everything you're saying is true. Yeah. Or is accurate. I don't think it's an agenda of his. Well, I, no, think it's I, a, think I think it's a story he's trying to tell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think, so, I think it's like he sees the world in this way for these stories. Like, maybe not in the real world. I, I hope not, but I don't know, you know. I like this. Yeah, and I'm sorry. I think this is really fun. It, you guys, like, it's, I'm glad that you enjoy it. You know, it's, it's, it's good. It's, yeah. And I'm glad that you don't enjoy it. Thank you. That's weird, but I <laughs> enjoy things. But, uh, <laughs> Every, as I'm reading, I'm like, oh, Brian hates this book. Ugh. <laughs> I hope he hates it more now. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm hate loving it because you hate it. Yeah, I, I love it. Find it. Maybe I can find a way to like it over it. Maybe I can find things appealing about it over the course of the run. Todd Engel, you don't have to fake it. it. I won't. Right. I definitely won't. Yeah. Mm, that's true. Maybe there will be a twist to that. Excellent point. Maybe it'll be like, oh, she actually isn't that bad. Let him read what, it. What twist are you referencing? I haven't had time to read the actual comment. I'm sorry. <laughs> Alana is being written so obviously bad that I hope there's some twist. Defensive cigarette smoking WVIL? Evil. Oh, evil. Oh, evil. Oh, Defensive yeah. cigarette smoking evil. Yeah. It's it's very heavy, like not heavy handed. It's just it's very. Everyone is everyone is being defensively protective of themselves. Yeah. Which I don't consider a grittying or a grittiness. Mm. I consider it humanistic. Mm. Yeah. So I like applying these defensive, protective, humanistic kind of aspects to a you know a weird, far ranging uh, story like this. That you know from brand to to earth i mean that's pretty cool i don't think it's dragging anyone through the mud because as rob Patey just put its perspective we're not getting or i'm saying perspective of the characters he's saying perspective of the writer right, right. We're, we're not getting all the perspectives like we would in other comic books where we have thought balloon well there are some captions but mm. it's not it's not all revealed yet mm-hmm. so i'm rolling with it and i, I am enjoying this ride mm. same cool same yeah yeah um, yeah, he says it's perspective, not agenda. Yeah. And Tom King is, is, is very specifically, um, or famously, I think, drawing upon his own experiences when he writes these books. Yeah, I think that's a lot of what I'm like. I really don't want that to be the truth of the world. And I honestly don't believe that it is. And when I see something that makes it seem like that is the case, sometimes I react like, I don't like that view. And the, sometimes the world is the way that it is because we think it has to be that way. And it doesn't, like, we. they could all be friends and trust each other. And I'm worried about the daughter, too, to be honest with you. Yeah, I'm curious. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I'm worried also. Yeah. I, I, so, I don't take this as an indictment of the world is like this. It's just a, there are some people in the world like this. I guess. And they <laughs> should be, like... You know, it's not. It's not a awful worldview. It's a in the world there are people like this, and they yeah. should be. You know. 
yeah, but dealt I'm with or handled or saying when it comes to what Tom King does. This is what right. Tom King does. Right. He takes a Silver Age character who is generally for the most part, like a beacon of hope or whatever. Yeah. And he's like, but no, what if, what if he was not that? Yeah, yeah exactly. It's that question. Um, it's the third time, right? Vision, miracle, and strange. I mean, and, uh, the way, West, and you could make a case Batman, you know, I mean, Thomas Wayne was not, he, he is a Batman. And was certainly not a bad guy. In, he was a darker Batman. But I didn't read that run. I just am going from what you guys said. Uh, well, uh, the, the idea with Thomas Wayne was just a... Uh, he was as militant as Batman about his mission as Batman is about his. And, right. and that turned him into an opposing force, not a villain. Right. But then Antonio sense. Uh, <laughs> oh no! He was, uh, all all of the very nasty stuff was done right. by Bane. It was it was the in league bullshit, and mm. like he was a, a pure opposing force because he thought he was doing what's best for his son. Yeah, I mean, which at least fits in. Uh, it's at least corollary to the other stuff, mm-hmm. and um, but you know, maybe judging it on the other stuff that he's written is not. It put me in that headspace. Yeah. Fair or unfair, I don't know. Let's move on to Undiscovered Country number 7 by Scott Snyder, Charles Soule, and Giuseppe Camancoli. After barely escaping the deadly clutches of the Destiny Man, the expedition team has crossed over into a strange new zone of unity, a futuristic world of gleaming technology and artificial intelligence. But will it be a safe haven for our heroes? Or are they destined to be absorbed into the hive mind? I feel like... I feel like that's a leading question. I feel like we know the answer just because you asked the question. <laughs> you think it's going to be? They're going to be safe. Totally. The, sh- yeah. the last issue, everything worked out fine. They are yeah. now safe and happy. Yeah. And that's the end. It's great. It's done. Bit of a cliffhanger. I loved it. I can dug it. Love it. Yeah. Um, not as much wild art in this one, but the the white scene with the blue and red like kind of lines in it and the things coming up, very cool. Uh, oh, that is awesome! The cover with the QR code and the barcode. I was surprised there were not six zeros, but uh, seven's good too. Uh, yeah, that was cool. I, I dug that we got a little bit of the backstory as to how this happened, and I think it was time for like. Okay, they split up into these different zones, and then the time things started. Um, I think there's a Sam Elgin in every zone, which I find an interesting and satisfying answer to that mystery. Um, yeah, I, the, it's the it's the why now, or it's 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 not the why, it's the how. So him being a part of the Aurora group, which I guess is the scientists, they're totally doing Krypton, right? The the science guild, interesting. Uh, the, yeah. the you know the the house is trying to warn everybody like fucking yeah. stop it, yeah. Un, unchecked regulation is is going to destroy us completely. You have to stop it, please. And here's all the reasons why. And they're just constantly being shushed. So I'm wondering like if this, this is a uh, like a, a reverse kind of uh, what Jor-El would have done instead of like shoot off into another planet or go uh, you know go across the pond. Mm. Trying to like either refashion himself into each district to try and like yeah. fix it from within, right? Mm. So, so, and it's making me think too that this this circular path that they're supposed to take the in order to get out the spiral, yeah, 
I think it has to do explicitly with time displacement. Oh yeah, going going, uh, but then also having to interact with every single Sam. Ooh, yeah, it's thrown out everywhere. It's almost just like the next level of a video game. Like this Sam will get you yeah. to this point. Ooh, this Sam will get you. So like, there's a lot of really really cool things that kind of like are introduced here that I issue two or three. I would have told you I'm gonna drop this book because I'm yeah. gonna wait. You did. Issue, I did, yeah. Issue five, six, I was like, okay, I'll, I'll stick around. And then first, first seven, he was just like, do you want to keep it on your list? Like, I'm good to like 12. Let's see. Yeah, just a little bit more. Just give me yeah. a little bit more. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to re-up every arc. Yeah. I was Two. wondering at the end, I think you raised this question, is this an ongoing? Um, so I don't, the, it is? It's an ongoing, but in the back matter, they literally say they have an ending, they know the ending. Okay. Yeah, that makes if, me happier. Yeah. If this is if this is gonna be if it's if it's less than fifty issues, I'm yeah. in. That's cool. If it's gonna be hundred and eighty five thousand Walking Dead issues, I'm yeah. gonna drop it eventually. I, I'd like this is a very this is a very specific story they seem to be telling with a specific um, path and, and yeah. endpoint of getting out of America. Walk in the spiral. I love if that. This, if this happens for like 150 issues, yeah. no, it's like lost all over again. Like no. Hey Brian. Yeah. Rob Beatty wants to know what's this book about. Okay. Uh, also, you mentioned Lost. I just heard they wanted that to only be three se seasons, apparently, and they yeah. uh, studio. I, I didn't know that. What is this book about? Uh, Rob, I'm glad you asked. It's about. Um, it's. The world at large is beset with a reigning plague, and um, it, there is no known cure. America, about 30 years ago, cut itself off from the world, and there's been no communication at all and no like possibility of going in. Um, they, uh, the rest of the world is kind of formed into two major power blocks. They have gotten an, a message from the United States that... Um, I believe it explicitly says that they have a cure um, for this thing and that they are welcoming these people in for the first time. Um, there is at least one of the guys has done a lot of study on America and he knows that there's some real weird shit going on. Um, but he doesn't know how weird because as it turns out, there was a lot of time displacement stuff happening too or, or different... Uh, there was some initial conditions. Uh, no? Stop. Don't spoil all of it. Just... Oh yeah. Explain oh, yeah. like we don't learn the extent of all that stuff until like almost the end of the first oh, arc. I I thought with the whole there was something early on that I that I thought triggered that, but it might not have been explicitly said. Um, okay, we know things are weird. Yeah, they get into the U.S. and there is a lot of weird stuff going on, and there are different weird things happening, and uh, the art is phenomenal with the weird stuff. Yeah. Yeah, uh, they're derelict inside America. To, uh, the, the whole search party is derelict inside of America, and they have to figure out how to get out. But that proves harder and harder the more and more they learn about what's happened inside the bubble over the last 30 years. Mm. Read it. It's real yeah. good. It's real yeah, good. Yeah, really good. Uh, oh, I like the back matter this time, too, which oh. I tend to skip over, but the um, the different flags of the of the different zones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those were pretty cool. Yeah. It, the 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 social commentary like the social commentary of this entire series has been essentially on the surface this entire time but this one felt even the most 
egregious or specific because you literally have uh, factions of the country that are about certain things. You have like the farmers that are like militant about this. You have like the the gun nuts or the the conservatives, and then you have like the liberals and the yeah. science. Like it's yeah. and the way that they all kind of try and skirt the issue or, or around it. And then also too, the president of the United States is it's Clint Eastwood with an yeah. eye patch. Yeah. So you know that it is a like just visually, you know that they're trying to say that this is a staunch conservative states rights kind of person mm. because visually that's it is crazy that's, yeah i did not see that <laughs> this stuff i am i am every single week i am just like giddy about the stuff you do notice versus the stuff you don't notice really and it's yeah it's awesome because yeah. you know the the etymology of the L E I N versus L L E N in Mullen yeah. or Moline yeah, yeah. versus that's clearly Clint Eastwood <laughs> with an eye patch. Oh, that's fascinating. <laughs> cool. So, so like visually, they they tell you like you know because he's known to be a gun nut, staunch conservative, and very problematic. So they're tell, they're trying to tell you that this is uh, like an actor inserted president that's just all about states rights and no federalism and that's essentially what they're doing in this country mm. uh in, in the in the book and it's just it's it's like really fun and smart but then also aggravating in a good way yeah, yeah. we did it that was it the books oh oh may i oh, say shit. oh shit oh shit we didn't do it we didn't do it oh i missed one how did i miss that oh, higher power number two by robert kirkman and chris somney owen johnson thought he could turn his back on his training, his power, and that dangerous world he never wanted to be a part of. Unfortunately for Owen and his family, the danger has found him. And whether he wants it or not, the firepower is the only thing that can save them. This is fun. It's Half half of this issue is silent, and I don't care, because Chris Somney is just... I just want to lick the book. It's so good. Uh, the art is so... So good. Um, the choreography is great, and it's and it's in a genuinely fun sequence where he's fighting Ninja and trying not to wake up his sleeping family, who is yeah. in the room with him. Yeah, what the are trying just as hard to not wake up his family. Yeah, well, we we learn we learn why afterwards. They're yeah, not really yeah. bad ninjas. They're just ambivalent ninjas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but. Yeah, I, you know what? Uh, a younger a younger me would have been pissed. What about? Where's the dialogue? Like I, I didn't like it took me two minutes to read. It's like you half an episode. Where's the hell? Yeah, yeah I, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have, have taken. <laughs> that's younger. No. Oh, I yeah. That, 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 that is like that. That's that's young triggered Noel. That you just did there. Yeah. 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 With with T Rex arms. If you could do it again, that'd be great. <laughs> uh, no, um, I w- like a younger me would have just been like, well, I mean, it took me two seconds to read. I didn't get my money's worth. Blah. But this was beautiful and awesome, yeah. uh, and it, it, like I actually, I I read this issue like three times. Oh, yeah, it was just so good. Um, and it's not unlike what him and Mark Wade did on their Black Widow run. It twelve issues of. Of competent, silent, mm. direct, focused, like action and fun. Like this, this is awesome. 
Uh, yeah. too. Everyone should pick that up. It's so good. I think it's twenty nine ninety nine for the whole run. It's like 13 issues or something. Yeah. It's Chris Somney and Mark Wade, And also, too, the way that Chris Somney works with his writers, they break story together. He is wow. not a work... He's not like an artist for hire. Mm. So they work it all out together, and he just does it, and then like they go back and do dialogue. And that means Robert Kirkman was probably just like, I don't need to put shit here. <laughs> this is fine. Yeah. Um, you guys know about the Stan Lee thing, right? Where oh yeah, it's it's like a Marvel thing. Yeah. yeah. No, 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 not that. Uh, I'm, uh, that too. But um, when who was it? Steve Ditko wrote the first. Um, she, I actually heard him tell this story at a con uh, when he wrote the first silent issue of a comic was like a Nick Fury uh, agent of Shield or something like that, and Stan Lee didn't want to pay him because he was like, you didn't you didn't write any words, <laughs> you know? I believe that. Uh, then, I believe that. Yeah, of course. And um, he convinced Lee to, to pay him, but um, there were a few interesting stories that came out of that of that con appearance. Yeah, I, you know what I've heard. I've heard many writers, many many uh, comic book artists and, and writers talk about how one of the toughest things to do is write a silent issue. Oh, I can totally like yeah, like yeah. having to having to like pay the most attention to every single panel is almost harder yeah. than, than anything else. I think um, Bendis did it with Ultimate Spider-Man 2, I think one of them most recently. I, it was the ultimatum issue. I think they, they, they're searching for Peter's body the whole time. Yeah. And it's just all splash pages and, and, yeah. and acting. And it was Stuart Eminem, which was awesome. I mean, the artist certainly like has an expanded role, of course, in a silent issue. But the writer definitely does something, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's, this isn't a complete silent issue. It's just like half of it, but still, like, yeah. if you haven't been reading this series, the first two issues came out this past week, mm-hmm. technically, because mm-hmm. issue one was a free comic book day. the The only difference between I think somebody was asking online uh, somewhere the difference between the free comic book day version and this. Mm-hmm. Virtually nothing. Like, it's it's the the paper stock and quality is like ten times better. Mm. And there's back matter, mm. but other than that, the story is the same. The 22 pages is the same. Uh, so I actually hadn't read it before. I think we read it for the show a little while ago, but we didn't get to it for whatever reason. I hadn't read it, so I love this issue, the second issue. I found myself just very slightly disappointed, but in one of those because the first issue was really good, and this issue was really good, but in a very different way, and we didn't get as much about what the story was, you know? And so when we're reading the issue, I was like, ooh, this is, this is a good fight scene. But I also really want to know what was, pick up from what was going on last issue, because that was really good, too. Um, so I'm glad that they did do enough of that at the end that I was satisfied. Um, and, you know, that's a very minor, that's like a quick because <laughs> I liked the other thing so much. This, <laughs> is, this is totally, this is more like what the prelude mm. Okay. Trade paperback was like it was a lot of that was great. A lo- it was a lot of extended sequences of, of choreography and fighting or just act or just acting, mm. and then uh, five to ten pa- or like five or six pages of like actual dialogue and, and humans interacting. But a lot of it was heavy lifting of art. There was full sequences or full ten page sequences that were just action mm. and acting, and it was really really cool. If it was another artist. I probably would have had a problem with it. But because it's Chris Somney, and I am just happy to be looking at Chris Somney art no matter where it happens, um, 
it's a, it's a very different experience than if somebody else was involved. He does that jumping real well, right? Like, I think I'm kind of a sucker for, uh, I love the, just the idea of being able to jump up that much really, like, calls to me. And when he does, I think it's the first issue, but he's, like, racing his daughter, and you see him yeah. in the top, like, <laughs> you know, yeah. Um, it's very, it's very kinetic and airborne is the, the way that it's drawn. I like that. Remind me of when I first walked out of seeing The Matrix in the movie theater. Ah, and I felt like I want to jump. I want to jump like that. I want to jump yeah. on like that and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Uh, yeah, you guys are sleeping on the Firepower book uh, from Chris Omni and Robert Kirkman. We highly recommend you check it out. Yeah, very. Yeah. Oh, may I for just a moment? We decided not to review it, but uh, Maestro. I have always wanted to get my hands on a copy of Maestro. Same. Read it, and I never. I love Peter David. I love his Hulk run. But it was just that must have been before I was there. and and so you felt the same way, JD. So when I saw it here, I was like, "Oh, great! This is actually that. This is not something that I have to avoid until I read that." Oh, the art is so good. It's so like '80s dystopia um, art, and the detailing on the on the sci-fi stuff and the sci-fi destruction. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna read it this week. So I I had like um I've always been. I've always thought about reading that yeah. Peter David run, but it's pretty expansive. And I don't, okay. I don't know. It took it took me like there's so many other things that I'd like to read. He's gonna sure. go grab the omnibus. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I was. That was some of my earliest Hulk. I think was like a comic that I remember having around so long that I don't remember when I got it. Is the yeah. like, that bad boy's already out of print, dude? Oh really? Hmm. Mm. Or very, very hard to get. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the this, this second volume's coming out, I think, sometime later this year. It's, I think it's like, was a record-setting length of a run at one time, right? Yeah. It was close, anyway. It was, yeah. It was, it was, it was, it was huge. Uh, like, I don't know, 300 issues? Uh, 200? I don't know what it was. Sorry? Was I, I don't know if it would be three. Yeah, that seems impossibly large, right? Two. Yes. It had a very big 300th issue, actually. That was like may actually be the cover that I'm talking about. It's like the silhouette of the Hulk, and it's famous. I mean, we have the internet. I guess I could probably look it up really quick. You could. Well, but what would the audience do? Just sit here and listen? And uh, I mean, you you could vamp for two seconds. Okay, here we go. Um, uh, that run is such a defining run. It introduced... Uh, I don't know that it introduced me to the Hulk, but it was so good when it was some of my earliest Hulk stuff. He does all of the uh, different personalities or different Hulks kind of thing. Have you got it? Yeah, uh, no, no. I, well, why would you ask me if I've got it? Like, I, I was going to wait for... A, 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 oh, I'm looking over to, like, quickly get to it. Like, it's oh, a Wikipedia page, so it's going to take me, like, two seconds to scan. I got you. I got you. I got you. Um, Peter David is a master of character. He put the Hulk through so many different, like, that's the Prometheus stuff. The Professor Hulk was, was very cool. And, you know, he's such a fun comic book writer. You know, he's just, he's really, um, I can't think of anything he's written that I wasn't into. And he's doing these fun, like, symbiote Spider-Man tales that take place back when Spider-Man, you know, Peter first had the symbiote costume. Yeah, yeah. Two miniseries so far, symbiote Spider-Man, and then um, the sequel to symbiote Spider-Man, I forget what it's called. Uh, and then he's going to be doing a third one. Oh, great. I, I put him up there with... Uh, you know, he's different, but like Kurt Busiek, or he's an artist, or he's a writer that I'm always like, this is going to be some good 
comic book style comics, you know. Um, and and the Hulk is his is uh, maybe not seminal anymore because he's done so many other things, but um, it, it was great. Yeah, no, so, I remember him. Like, very highly regarded. Yeah, and the Maestro is so storied, but rarely, if ever, touched on it. There might be like one other miniseries that, for me, this is back in the time that I reference sometimes, where you got what was in the store, and if you happen to be in a different town, maybe you'd see something crazy on the shelf and get that. Other than that, like you couldn't get <laughs> Future Imperfect one and two. And, and your beck and call, you know? Same. Um, yeah, so... You know, money-wise. Like I, I was like, excited about this as well. Yeah. And then I just wasn't able to do it. Yeah, yeah. It was always like a major... I mean, obviously, in the years since, I could have ordered it, but I didn't. Yeah. And, um, and, and it lived up to my expectations. It was really good. And there was a little feeling like, oh, something happened right before this. Um, but I think it was actually explained in the book and didn't. Uh, just like how, how Bruce gets involved in everything. Yeah. So, yeah. It was a is a twelve year run, but it looks to be uh, under two hundred issues. Okay. Okay. Because if we're talking monthly, and it, it's yeah. two different titles, like uh, it's like one hundred and fifty issues of the Incredible Hulk, but then it changes titles and it's something else for like three issues. Okay. Um, oh yeah, uh, Todd Engel when he the Madrox book uh, that is probably my favorite Madrox version. You know the X Factor investigations. He's sending the dupes out to get. Um, that's my. That's that. I want that in hardcover collected. Yeah. All that's like, all like hundred issues of really He does. You know that's another example of like what interesting thing could I do with this guy's power as it is, but as nobody ever thought to do before. Yeah. You know, like the Hulk's different colors are the different personality. Not just colors, but like Joe Fixit, and those are representations of different personalities. You know that kind of thing. Um, Layla Miller was, was very cool, very interesting. I know things. Oh my God. What a, what an interesting character. Um, I always thought how she actually found out things, like how she knows things. I was like, oh no, 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 no. But I was like a little like, oh, that isn't as expansive as I thought it was going to be, but okay, cool. Good story. You know, I was into it. Yeah. Um, anyway, no, I, I'm interested to see what you think. I, Oh, I, I'm not. I'm not committed yet. Oh, okay. There's a bunch of other things that I'd like to read. Oh, okay. Well, it still, is something that's going to happen. If I, I am unassuaged, then I am going to read. I am going to read this feature in perfect because there's a Maestro series coming. Oh no, him. I'm interested. You know what you're talking about? Oh, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. He meant. I thought he meant the entire oh, run. Like, oh no, not yet. Just relax. Just relax. I'm not going to get to that first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Let me know in like six or seven years. <laughs> yeah, like I'm not. No, thank you though. Yeah, no, just Maestro. Um, Too quick. So there is something coming. Oh, good, because I thought yeah. there was. I thought it might have been this, and I was like, oh no, I have to review the sequel for the show, but I haven't read it. Uh, okay, cool. I'm glad we got to this before. No, I popped that. Uh, we we popped that in there so that we could catch up before cool. the thing. Very cool. Um, I was pleasantly surprised. A little nostalgia for the style, but I loved it. So. After asking me three times about the Daredevil issues I have in stock, I haven't heard back from Christopher St. Saucy. I have issues 18 and 21 of the current run by Chip Zdarsky, so that answered your question. Uh, there's a, I think there's a large, the oversized hardcover coming out for his run. Yeah. Yeah. 
But is that the, what directly preceded what we reviewed last time? That was great. Yeah. 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 yeah those those twenty issues. Very cool. I, I think that I think the collection is only going to be like the first ten though. So what my reading schedule is: we do the show on Sunday, mm-hmm. and I have Sunday and Monday to read whatever Jadles wants to read. <laughs> and then Tuesday happens and the books start coming back in and it's time to start reading the, that week's books again, etc., etc. So the two on my list so far is that Future Imperfect. Mm. And I'm going to try and read this Black Widow, Mark Wade and Chris Omni series. Oh, you haven't read Future Imperfect yet? I no. thought you had, by your reaction. I thought you had read it and loved it. No, I was saying the exact same thing you were saying, which was, right, I was right. looking forward to reading this because I never read it originally, but it's a seminal run, blah, blah, blah. Right, right. Gotcha. So. Uh, yeah, you know what? I, the, my reading schedule is, I mean, it's the same, right? Like, yeah. I've got, as soon as the comics are, the weekly comics are done. Yeah. It's, Sorry, it's, did you say that again? It's, it's hardcore, just like, let's, I get to read whatever I want, and oh my God. But yeah, like I will, I will attempt to on Tuesday and Wednesday and like into Thursday finish everything I can for the week, yeah. so I can start to read the stuff I want to read. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's always nice when it where when it aligns well, with something we're supposed to read for the show. Yeah, it's it's the, that's the best, and uh, like uh, I'll read my stack. Yeah, which is usually much more than you guys are reading anymore, and the the. He has those twos. No, he has no. He doesn't have farther back. I'm sorry. Sorry, man. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll read my stack, and then when you guys like when it's decided what's going to be read for the week, I go in and I'll like, did it, did it, did it, did it? Yes, oh. I only have to read two more issues. <laughs> <laughs> but then there's some weeks. There's some weeks where I've, I've read like 15 issues that I wanted to, and you fuckers don't want to talk about any of them. And it's like, that does happen. It's like I got. It's like I got two weeks. Worth the comics now. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah. yeah, it's like a it's a marathon to get to what I want to read. Not yeah. saying that this isn't enjoyable. Yeah. But you know, when you're assigned work versus when you're assigned reading versus yeah. reading reading. Yeah. Yeah. I never. Uh, uh, you know, I'll tell you what. I thought that was going to be alien for me this week. I was not. I was like, oh, I don't want to read that. And uh, and I did, and I loved it. So that was a pleasant surprise. I'm. I'm I'm interested in exploring some of the now that now that Alien and Predator are going to be gone at Dark Horse. Oh right. Yeah, because right. Marvel yeah. gets them somewhere else. Yeah. yeah, Marvel Marvel has it for the okay. next like I think starting in 2021 or something. Oh, gotcha. So everything that they're doing, they're just like finishing off. So I, I like I I'm, I think they're doing the same thing with Predator soon, like the okay. original screenplay adapted oh, into yeah. comic book. Yeah, that so, one like. I- but not for a very long time. It was very long ago that I saw Predator. Yeah, when we were kids, that was more of an action movie than a horror movie, so we yeah. were just like, yeah, exactly. cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just categorically, I was like, I don't like movies that are scaring me, I don't like this, and I'm out. <laughs> so, unfairly in some cases, probably. Hey, Jenny! Are you talking about the Predator original screenplay comic? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I had someone just contact me about, um, about getting that for them. I'm hmm. curious. Hmm. I don't know yeah. if I have the attachment to the Predator that I do Alien, though. Yeah. It, I mean, it's it, it's more along the lines of, I'm interested in what they're going to be doing with the license while they still have it. Hmm. Because yeah. these things aren't going to be reprinted. They're not going to be, like, it's just, huh. 
if you ever wanted to or thought about reading it, now's your chance. Or if there was ever any Dark Horse thing that you wanted to pick up of Alien or Predator, get on it. Because unless Marvel has the... I think they did this with the Star Wars comics. Like, they have... They had all of the printing rights. Yeah. So they eventually reprinted some of that old stuff, but only, like, sporadically or in large collections. Mm. Other than that, it was all just over there while we do our new thing over here. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think it's the same thing that's going to happen with all the Alien and Predator stuff. Like, if you want to read it, you should probably jump on it now. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, makes sense. I was always interested, um, but I, I had not, I've heard not heard a lot of good things about it in... What was it Prometheus? Um, the whole idea of like way back in the past, this stuff happened, and it has something to do with humanity. That kind of stuff grabs me. Um, but I, I wasn't seeing a lot of movies at that time, and I nobody has said you should go and see that movie. So um, it's a it's um I've only seen it twice. Yeah, it's a fascinating disaster. Okay, but because of what you know about what went on behind the scenes and the alien stuff being taken out or no, 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 no. What's on the screen. So like there's, there's some really, really beautiful, fascinating stuff in the movie, but the movie is garbage. I gotcha. (laughs) What movie's garbage? Prometheus. That's what I hear. Yeah. It's a a fascinating and beautiful disaster. Like the movie itself is not good. Okay. But it's got so many like cool ideas and it's just pretty. That you're like, all right, cool. Alien Covenant? Yeah. Alien Covenant, the second one, the, like Prometheus 2, straight up not good. It was explicitly... I didn't like it. Thing. Like, whatever rights were, were figured out? Or it whatever. was okay. Prometheus. Well, there's no there's no alien rights issues with Prometheus. Oh. They just explicitly didn't want to do I alien stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I, I would be interesting experiments, but... Yeah. Yeah. I can I can get behind a movie that has those two things that you mentioned. I I think you would like Prometheus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I love the long span of time stuff too, and like kind of austere, removed kind of things that I remember the trailer. Ooh, what do you got? I gotta say before he gets back. Um, uh, I read and I did a thunder round on this earlier this week. I read. I finally finished Annihilation. Oh yeah, with a whole omnibus. What did you like it? It was fine. Okay. Okay. This is the first one, right? The, the first one. Okay. So I had I had read uh, Conquest before, and honestly, okay. that was a goddamn masterpiece, and it got me into Marvel Cosmic. Yeah. So yeah. I decided to finally read this because everyone was talking about how it's the greatest goddamn thing in the world, and ah, it's the way that the the I think I have a problem with the structure in general. So like, if I had just read the six issue Annihilation thing, right? Cool. Oh, okay. I probably would have loved it. Like the Annihilation one shot. Yeah. And then the six issue miniseries. Yeah. Great. Probably cool. And like, if I wanted a little extra, the Nova miniseries, the four issues of the Nova miniseries, awesome. That was where the Worldwide thing happens, right? Where he gets it all in the. Yeah. It's it's the origin of of the modern Nova, which is awesome. Right. Yeah. That was really good. The the Drax miniseries, the Surfer miniseries, the Ronin miniseries, the Accuser miniseries. They're all shit to <laughs> o- like they go from shit to okay. Okay. And a couple of cool sequences yeah. in between. But yeah. the way that the omnibus is structured is you have to read all of that yeah, yeah. before getting to the miniseries. So yeah. I've I read this. Yeah. It was 
it was such a goddamn schlog. So by the time I finally got to the event, yeah. I was just like, cool. I mean, okay, let's oh. let's just finish this. I, yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Um, like a little like Empire has been, but not as bad. I mean, Empire is not as bad when it took so long. Oh, yeah, uh, so I tried to make the point in the video. Like the yeah. current, like the way that events are now, you've yeah. got the Spine book, so you've got Empire. Yeah. But then all of these ancillary titles are happening concurrently. Right, right. We didn't have to read six or seven miniseries starting just to get to this. So, like, it's like an old school event where it's a bunch of like separate miniseries that kind of lead to a thing. Because right. there are things that happen in the the other miniseries for like Ronin and Super Skull that don't mean shit. Right. They don't matter whatsoever for the actual event. Right. Like, they're just nothing. I'll like Super Skull. Like, mm. yeah. I think I picked that one up. It's funny, the ones that you mentioned, I was like, oh yeah, those were great. I remember those. I was like, oh yeah. Now that you mentioned it, Ronan did have a series. I forgot about it. Like, the ones that you liked are the ones that I remembered. I'm also yeah. entirely sure, I think I picked up the, the Super Scroll, almost definitely Silver Surfer, but that, you know, like, I think I was counting my, counting my pennies pretty hard at the time, and um, might just not have read those, so, you know, I got the Nova one or whatever. And maybe that was to the benefit of the story for me. The would have been nice to have more money at the time, but yeah, what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's it was um I I usually will go through like uh I I've, so like if my the my pleasure reading so like we'll read the comics every week, but then I'll be I'll usually be juggling like two to three larger books at the same time. I in the course of starting and finishing Annihilation. I read and finished like four other things. No, oh, really? <laughs> because I, I kept putting it down. Yeah. And, yeah. Like, I, I read the entirety of JMS's uh, Amazing Spider Man run during yeah. this. I read like the first two deluxe hardcovers of um, Power Rangers and the first, the first three trades of Immortal Hulk. And a bunch of others, and, and all of Black Magic. Like, I've read so many things in between starting and finishing this because I had to keep stopping. The momentum is absolute. The momentum for this edition is absolute garbage. Yeah. Like, they should just collect it alone. I wonder how much of it Keith Giffen wrote. I don't know. So much of it. I'll really? tell you right now. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was my introduction to Star-Lord, too. And I loved him from that. Okay, so Keith Giffen wrote... So there's the table of contents. Mm. Keith Giffen wrote Drax the Destroyer with okay. Mitch Breitweiser art. And that's the wrote, Drax, right? Like, that's where we get that Drax. Yeah. Okay. He wrote um, the prologue, so the, the one-shot issue. Okay. Uh, Admit and Lanning wrote the Nova one that was actually really, really good. That was awesome, yeah. Giffen wrote Silver Surfer, and he wrote Annihilation. So he wrote one, two, three, four, four... Of, like, the eight series in here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, and he also wrote all of the afterwards. So, like, there's there's two, like, Heralds of Galactus issues after the events that are just, like, where are the people that we thought were dead? Okay. That are so boring. <laughs> and he wrote those. Okay. Um, I'm glad that you said all this because there's something in me where I know that there's a seminal comic book run that gets a lot of attention. A lot of people are like, oh, you don't like Marvel Cosmic, but read this. Read Annihilation. And so I feel this guilt of having never made it all the way through Annihilation. So when someone else comes along and goes, 
not great. I go, oh, thank God. Well, well, well hang on. This hang on. Part of an important point here. Yeah. I will, I will contend. If you just read Nova one through four, the prologue issue, which is the zero issue, and just the event, it is an amazing and wonderful experience. Well, those if are not read, not going to happen. Well, <laughs> not going to happen. I, well, I mean, is, how much is that? dollars. It's a quarter of this, though. Yeah, if you just read a couple pages out of this $150 book. Oh, no, I'm not saying get it. I mean, Maybe not. I have it here. You hear it. Oh, oh, you borrow it. It might be convinced. I thought, I thought I was saying it's out of print. You're like, uh, I'm like, that's. Oh, no, no. Actually, I think this is, this is also out of print. Oh, is it? Yeah, yeah. Is so, it? yeah. That's what I remember from that run is Nova and Annihilation. <sighs> And a little surfer and super you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, yeah, it's it's of of the of the thirty issues that are in this thirty like episodes or whatever they're in this. Yeah. Six, eleven are great. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the other nineteen are just like the other great. nineteen are just like fine. I mean, that's yeah. fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, they are very good. But yeah. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the Cult Pop Podcast. Uh, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, please email us at cultpopgo at gmail.com. If you want to help out the show, you can go to patreon.com slash johnnydestructo, or you can just look up JD's Hero Complex on Venmo. You can just send us money on Venmo. Just just do it, because uh, apparently that's a thing people do. Um, oh, you can find me uh, at on, on Twitter at JD's Hero Complex. And Noel at Mr. Bartocci. Brian Lieb, where can the people find you? Uh, I'm at brianleibdesign.com, and I'm also on Venmo. You know, just make sure you don't get the wrong Brian Lieb. <laughs> um, that's it. We will see. Well, I guess we'll probably do some thunder rounds in the middle of the week. Thunder rounds. Yeah. Uh, and then we will see you back here Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. As always, love you guys. Mwah. Thanks so much for hanging out with us, and we'll talk at you later. Yeah. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to Spoiler Alert. Check out all our shows, including the Cannibal Horrorcast, where we review classic and contemporary horror. Oh, it's so spooky! And Gutter Talk with the Black Tribbles, recorded live every week at Johnny Destructo's Hero Complex in Nanyang, PA. Yeah.